0: I'm going for
2: So, apologies in advance this week. As you can imagine, we're all still hurting from the unfathomable display on Friday night. Probably going to be a bit more of a disjointed chat this week. I can only apologise to our guests this week. So, uh, speaking of which, we have a double treat. We have writer Alan Gunn from St Mary's Musings to go over the Leicester game. Uh, and also, uh, preview next week's double meeting with Man City. We have a writer, blogger David Mooney of Blue Moon Podcast. Plus, we have all the usual treats in store. Um, Lots to go through today, so let's start off with my co-host, the one, the only Moscow mush, Kevin Milverton, who has has to issue an apology for his lacklustre performance during last week's international roundup. Not the only saint to be completely useless this week. Kev, how are you?
3: Well, after that introduction, yeah, I'm I'm feeling much better, I must say. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, thanks a lot, mate. Um, yeah, very average week, um, finished off by uh, what promised to be an exciting night of uh, Friday night football, and then uh, managed to ruin an entire weekend uh, rather than the usual half. So, mm. yes, uh, as for the apology, yes, uh, I, I do apologise to Stuart Armstrong and the people of Scotland, uh, because I did miss out uh, an important fact that he, in his usual 70-minute, cameo roll off the bench, managed to score a goal in Scotland's 6-0 win over San Marino. So, um, well done Stuart.
2: Yeah, and, and there you go Kevin McGee if you're listening.
3: Tartan Army, good on you. Yeah.
2: Okay. Um, before we go into the show this week, I just want to say happy birthday to my wife. So, yeah, we went out for a nice meal this morning, a lunch and a nice Sunday carvery. That was good. Um, so, yeah, happy birthday Gemma.
4: Happy birthday, Jim.
2: Oh, right, um, now let's bring in Alan Gunn from St. Mary's Musings. Hey, Alan, how are you?
4: Hello, thank you for having me.
2: No, no problem. Um, yeah, like I said, I am <laughs> sorry it's under these trying circumstances to bring you on after such a you know, disappointing Friday night. Yeah, tough
4: tough night, and uh, obviously, hopefully, better to come.
2: Wow, that's what we need. Um, uh, before could- Go on, Kev.
4: Could you just uh,
3: clear up one thing before we carry on? Um, I, yeah, welcome to the podcast, Alan Gunn. Uh, but yeah, just to uh, clear it up, uh, any relation at all, you know, just of any
4: death threats? No, thankfully none yet. Um, but uh, I, I keep it under wraps that my name, uh, last name is Gunn. Uh,
0: <laughs> um,
2: before we crack on with the podcast, um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and the work that you do?
4: Yeah, uh, basically just uh, kind of handle some of the... Tweeting for them during the during the matches, um, try and keep it as non serious as possible because um, a lot of people take take it too serious. So I, I like to be a little bit lighthearted, and then other than that, just uh, do a recap. And um, you know, mainly my my goal is some good interaction with the fans throughout the game and uh, throughout the week leading up to the matches, and then um, you know we go from there. The uh, JQs does a does a terrific job. Um, Keeping it running, and um, I know he's got a lot of stuff with MMA and other bits that he does. Yeah, uh, yeah. So other than that, I mean, I, I just try and keep it uh, keep it moving for him um, when he is busy with the MMA.
2: Yeah, actually, we we, we still hope to have uh, Jake on the show in the in the coming weeks so when he's when he's available and stuff. So that'll be good to. Good to catch up with him. Um, other than Saints, I understand you're a bit of a bit of a hockey fan.
4: I am, yeah. Uh, uh, hurricanes,
2: yeah. Hurricanes, yeah. <laughs> we we should just do a whole podcast on um on the Hurricanes.
4: Uh, they're, having a, they're having a better uh, success at the minute.
2: <laughs> yeah, like, what's well, Like seven wins this season, isn't it? I think, Which is incredible.
4: It? It's incredible. Yeah, uh,
2: yeah. just doing doing so well. Actually, I I, I may have mentioned to you off air that I think they're going to be a a strong tip to win the Metro this year. And I mean, Kev, you're not you don't really watch a lot of the a lot of the hockey. But if you are looking to support an NHL team, then you know Carolina Hurricanes.
3: So my loyalties have always been with uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. Oh, never. Uh,
4: yeah.
2: yeah, they
3: have.
4: I, was, I, I like a couple of guys see. out there.
2: <laughs>
4: oh, yeah. <laughs> I always yeah, feel Maple that the uh, yeah I always feel the Saints are similar to the Hurricanes, and you know, and that they're always kind of trolling the bottom of the of the division, trying to to make that next level. They're not. You know, maybe the biggest market, but they, you know, they find a way to have some stability, and uh, the, at the yeah. end of the day, they always have some <laughs> some long droughts of, of success.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they they won a cup about fifteen years ago, though, didn't they? <laughs> fifteen
4: years ago, that's that's yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: So that's one. Up they, on they, and didn't
4: make the playoffs for ten,
2: <laughs> yeah. No, well, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm a Rangers fan, so I, I know I'm a Rangers fan. I'm a Saints fan. I'm a Knicks fan. So yeah, I get I get all the
3: all the crap.
4: Oh yeah, you're, you're you're really struggling in despair. Yeah,
3: there.
4: yeah, yeah. You, need, you might need to get some uh, checkups there. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so yeah, as our listeners may have already noticed, uh, you have quite an interesting accent and uh, quite knowledgeable about the NHL. So yeah, could you tell us um, wh- where you're from and and how you got into Saints?
4: Yeah, right. Well, uh, I'm technically from from Massachusetts area. Lived in North Carolina as well. Um, mm-hmm.
0: And huh?
4: Yeah, yeah. Uh, came to England in 2011 um, when we were Championship still, um, and then one of my friends has been a, a lifelong Saints fan. His dad has uh, got family down there, so you know, I, I mean, I just went with him one day. Uh, I think first game was uh, Doncaster away. Um, <laughs> so, uh, and that was when one of the One Direction. Guys was
2: there. Oh, Louie, yeah,
4: that's yeah. right. Yeah. And um, so yeah, uh, ever since then I've uh, followed along, and you know when I can go, I go. Stop it, yeah. But uh, yeah, so we, we we try and go to the to the games across the northwest for the most part um, with Northern Saints. So shout out to Northern Saints, um, good group of guys, and uh, yeah, so that's how I've come to to be part of it. So shout out to Andrew McKinnon as well. <laughs> I know he'd appreciate <laughs> it. Right. Huh? Um, so whereabouts did you say you are? up North? I'm in uh, Preston. Uh, oh, nice. I live, yeah. I like it. Nice. So, just just north of Preston, we're kind of in the middle of nowhere, but yeah, that's 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 the closest town city we get.
3: This. Is ITN, in that number, news.
2: Okay, ITN news then. Let's uh, let's start off with the departure of former boss Manuel Pellegrino from Leganas. Um, I'm sure you're all aware of this, like a horrible start to the season for him. Was it just two points from the opening nine games, bottom of the league and all that? But, Kev, like, what do we do with Carillo now?
3: Yeah, that's what I, my initial reaction was. Yeah. That was oh, this, this <laughs> is a very, very, uh, yeah, we're never going to get rid of Guido uh, Carillo now. Um. <laughs> well, unless yeah. he gets another job somewhere else.
2: I don't know. I just think he's done. Really, I mean, what what does he do? Where does he go from here? I just think he's a he's just a poor manager. Um.
3: Since yeah. China, Middle East. Like, I mean, it's
2: yeah. really is isn't. It's just it. another poor appointment for him, really, isn't it? Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's been quite a slow news week, apart from the obvious. But Kev, do you have any other news?
3: Well, I had a fantastic shit this morning.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nice.
3: <laughs> um. <laughs> no, I th- there's only a couple of other things. Moussa um, Gineppo's back in training. Um, he is much needed, so maybe we might see him in one of the matches against City uh, with any luck. Um, yeah, hopefully, because uh, yeah, he had that hilarious injury that um, meant that he couldn't shoot, could do anything yeah. but, <laughs> but shoot the ball. Uh, so yeah, hopefully he can shoot again. Um, and the other thing is um, our low uh, Fraser Forster and Mohamed Awi Nussi, uh, both played a part in uh, the sh- shock 2-1 Europa League win over Lazio for Celtic. Um, obviously, Fraser Forster uh, played a, a bit more of an important role uh, yeah. with a couple of miraculous saves. So, what do you think? Are we, are we missing out on a, on a very good goalkeeper in Fraser Forster now? Yep. Do we recall him? Yep. In January?
2: Yep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah, it's got a bit. We've got to. We got to.
3: Um, I mean, we haven't really given Alex McCarthy a proper bite of the cherry this season, have we? So
2: no, I think we'll, we'll probably go into that <laughs> when we talk about the Leicester game.
3: Oh, do, yeah, do we have to?
2: Yeah, I th- I'm afraid so. Deep breath.
3: Before we do, um I just want to say let's let's just start with the positives. Go on then. Okay, now that's out of the way. Yeah, please <laughs> carry
2: on. <laughs> right, okay, so biggest home loss in Premier League history and all that. Humiliating, embarrassing, shocking and damned right unacceptable. Um, actually, do you know what, before we go into the game, Kev, you know my son Hayden. Mm. So those of you who don't know, he's nine years old. Um, he's never ever shown any interest in football Uh, Friday night uh, wife was out Uh, Hayden turns to me and says he wants to watch the Leicester game with me, so of course I was delighted Like this is it, the first time he wants to sit and watch a game so I sent the girls to bed, Um, we had a little father-son bonding session over the football Uh, and thank you very much to Hampton Football Club because you've ruined this experience for both of us and he never ever wants to watch football again Um, and he said that Saints were the worst team ever so Um, yeah one we're not going to forget
3: He's a smart kid, your son. <laughs> mm.
2: yeah.
3: Uh, yeah, if I had to choose nine words... To, I mean, it is beyond words, really, isn't it? Um, possibly beyond swear words. We might even have to construct an entire new language just to describe what an absolute fucking shit show it was. Um, mm. But, yeah, if I had to choose nine words, they would be woeful, horrific, nauseous, terrible, distressing, tragic shameful, painful, and depressing.
2: Yep, absolutely. Talk through the team with me. Okay, so we get Angus Gunn, uh, Bednarik, Yoshida, Vestergaard, Valerie, Bertrand, well, for about 10 minutes, <laughs> James Ward-Prowse, Romelu, Hoiberg, <laughs> Ings, and Redmond. Was, were there any surprises of with you with that, with that starting eleven?
4: I still think it's quite surprising that we've gone with a, with a back three at home. Um, mm-hmm. I think... Away from home, I, I thought it suited well for wolves um, did its purpose, but I think when we've come home um, i I just don't understand the whole point of, of staying with the back three. I think our midfield really struggles um, when we when we've just got uh, Rebeu in in um, but I think that's that's always that's going to be the biggest surprise um apart from Angus Gunn staying in goal
2: yes, yeah. Yeah, that's that. That is a big one. Um, so anyway, the, it was nine 0 as you all know. The, the goal scorers: Chilwell, Tillemans, Perez with a hat trick, Vardy with a hat trick, um, Madison. Did Brendan Rogers get on the score sheet? I think everybody else did. Like,
0: Might as well,
3: have,
2: yeah. Yeah, Kev, did you have any Leicester players in your fantasy football team?
3: No, I wanted to bring <laughs> in Herrera, oh. but I couldn't afford him. I was like a hundred grand short or something. Oh,
2: unlucky. Right,
4: I, th- I, okay, think we, I think we should have known that something was wrong when uh, when your son, who is nine, uh, happened to be sat next to you watching the game. I mean, that's that's the precursor.
2: Yeah, I said that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we we touched on the team selection with Alan Kev. Um, it has been reported for a while from us now that Angus gun has needed to be dropped for Macca, but it was justified weeks ago. So this one's got to be on Ralph, hasn't it?
3: Um. Oh, it's a difficult one, isn't it? I mean, can you put the blame on Ralph for the team selection? Um, do you think we would perform better if uh, if we had McCarthy in goal? Possibly, we would have let in not like, nine, but no, seven, uh, maybe
2: <laughs> may, maybe. Okay, I'm not taking. You're not saying that Gunn's taken all the, you know, all the flak. But James Prowse hasn't showed anywhere near the form of last season. Hoyberg too. Oh you've got the likes of Armstrong and Bufal not being looked at. That's got to be on Ralph. But I think that's it for me, in, in terms of bl- blaming, on, blaming Ralph for it. Um, in no way do I think Ralph hasn't or should be sacked, because, you know, then what? We're going to have the same issues that we had. You know, the, the board has fucked this club up. It's, you know, And he can't work miracles with this championship-caliber squad. And I've heard some people say that Ralph will walk, but I don't... Necessarily agree with that. So, just I mean, putting the blame on him on team selection, I think is is fine.
3: I think yeah, part of the blame has to definitely um, stop at him. But I mean yeah, the team losing week after week, maybe the tactics are wrong, maybe um, the mood in the dressing rooms not right. Uh, maybe the substitutions aren't the right ones at the right time. Uh, formation, maybe it's not right, team selection and so on. But, I mean, nothing can justify uh, just the horrific shit shows that we saw on Friday. I think it's got to be more on the players, because yes. once that third goal goes in and they just fold completely, um at home as well, you know. I mean, the, and the crowd is more or less. Behind, I mean, obviously in shock, but the crowd's still behind them. Still, not enough to 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 keep them to give them any motivation at all in the game.
2: No interest. Yeah, just pathetic. Um, Alan, I saw a tweet that you commented on about Ralph Hurston Hill losing the dressing room. Do you do you stand by that?
4: I, I stand by it in bits. I think his his kind of I don't know what the word would be, but he's just kind of his ability to control the senior players is I think that they're they've gone through this for how many years now three years will be the third year um, and I think that they're they're probably the ones that are the most at unease with what he's doing um, because they've been through it all they've been through you know with Pu Pellegrino and now with Hassan so it's I think they're the ones most concerning Uh, because we've just got no senior leadership. I don't think Hoiberg's the proper captain. Yeah, he's able to go out and, you know, give these apologies. But as far as, you know, Ralph's ability to to connect with the senior players and, you know, I think as a whole, I think he's just – it's tough with this group of players. And I think, obviously, like you said, that comes down to the board, the type of players that he wants in. Um, And I just don't think that he's got – I don't think he has the right personnel in that that suits, you know, his own ethos and what he's trying to accomplish – and I think a lot of the guys, um, for whatever reason, whether it's whether they know they're doing it, um, are just kind of working against what he's actually trying to to get done with the club.
3: Yeah, well said.
2: That's a fair point.
3: Um, I mean, would you rather it was Hassan who was there, or, or someone else? Given the caliber of manager we're likely to attract, and in taking into account also that we we do get through managers we have done for the last two or three seasons. Be what the fourth fifth manager now in in, in three seasons. Um, I mean, who are we going to? going to be. Would you rather us kind of a Sam Allardyce sort of character coming in and just scraping us to safety?
4: Oh, definitely not. I'm am sticking with Ralph. Um, regardless, I mean the results poor, um, and I think in any club you could look at it and be like, yeah, that's a sackable offence. But in our position. Um, with who we're able to bring in, I mean, there's just no one um, that comes close to what he's accomplished. Um, you know, that would actually want to come into this position. Uh, but I think it's it's more so down to the to the players, to the recruitment, and like you say, just just the board being total fuckwits for for lack of better words, <laughs> because they've just the the personnel we've brought in is personnel that we have to wait on to. Whether it be you know to adjust to the team, adjust to the country, adjust to the league, and at this point we really just don't have the time to to wait for you know someone from you know a bottom end French team to come in and take three months to to adjust to the Premier League. We need someone that's ready to come in, um, and that's going to cost money. I mean, you have to. It costs money to get guys that are ready to play at the standard um, that we need to to be able to survive and. and you know, may, I, you keep seeing it. Maybe it's for the best that we go down and just you know reset button all together. Um, but I, oh, I think this yeah. team, I think this team belongs in the Premier League, not this team particularly. But you know, as a as a club, you know, we've proven that you know we can scrape in and stay up, and you know we we play really well against good teams. Um, you know, top six teams hardly get anything from it, but it's just the the drop off from playing those teams to playing the likes of. You know, relegation teams, you know the rivals like that. Um, it's just not there. We just don't turn up, and it's. I think it's down to the team, down to the to the personnel at, at Ralph's disposal. But I'm, I'm not saying to get rid of him. That's that would probably be be the last thing I would I would suggest at this point.
2: Oh, good. I'm glad you say that. Yeah, I'm 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 all for keeping him just because. I mean, like I said, I'm not blaming him. The only thing I, I'm, like like you said, Kev, about the tactics, you know, bringing in players a little bit too late, substitutions that the starting line-ups are a little bit... You know, he needs to take the blame for that. But that's as far as it goes for me. He has, like I said, he's got a championship squad, I believe. It's certainly a defence. <laughs> you just cannot do... You cannot do anything with it. It doesn't matter who you play at the back there. That is it. That's all we've got. So that, that he's not going to be able to work miracles with this squad. Um, we've had some some messages after the game. Obviously, I was reaching out to the fans, asking them to, you know, give us their thoughts if they could. Um, so I'm going to read some out, and I want you know, want your opinions on them, both of you. Um, first one I want to read is our, our friend and you know, previous guest of the show, and returning soon actually, John Smith uh, had this to say. They kind of echoed how I thought. Um, so I thought I'd share this. Um, he said, disappointed, but this is a long time coming. Regardless of how good Ralph is, he's got a team that's spares on talent. Notwithstanding this, talent or not, it was the uh, capitulation and lack of teamwork that made, the hard, made that hard to swallow. Um, so, yeah, I think that was well said. It was, it was basically mm-hmm. the teamwork that's on there. Um, it may have the, like, the questionable team selection, but we don't have that backup talent. I mean, like I said, what are you supposed to do? The, the, the teamwork or lack thereof on the pitch, it was appalling. And you said it as well, Alan. Hoiberg's captain's fee... That needs to be questioned because there's just nothing there. There's no cohesion there.
3: Who who's our candidate for captain then?
2: Well, that's the point. We haven't got we haven't got a team. We haven't got a leader. Have we? we haven't had one since Font or Van Dyke Or we just don't have anybody. Oh, yeah. who, was it, who was it before oh, it, was, it was Bertrand, Bertrand was
4: yeah. And then yeah, Davis. Davis was probably the last bona fide captain that we had. Sure, yeah. Um, but we still have a senior player. That's I mean, like I said, with the you know kind of the dressing room area or issue. I just don't think that Ralph's got trust in any of his senior players to, you know, to, to give that role to. Um, I mean, and when you don't have that role, I mean, this is kind of what you get. You get performances like this, like like he says, a, a long time coming, um, getting our hides kicked.
2: Mm. Yeah. Um. Christian McKee added, he's feeling cheated, angry and frustrated. Our squad isn't great, but it's certainly not the worst. Ralph has to play a system that utilises our best and most creative players. That means fitting in Redmond, Buffal and Jennepo. Five at the back just doesn't work with our defenders. More key points there as well. Um, it's clear from this fan base that Ralph has a lot of respons- does take a lot of responsibility, but not the 100% that he's taking on his shoulders. So yeah, like you said, Alan, about having the five at the back, especially at home. It's not working with the defenders that we've got. Um, and Kev, why um, has Buffon not been playing? Why has Armstrong not been playing? Why is Hoiberg yeah. and, and James Prowse been getting constant starts and not doing anything, not offering anything?
3: I don't think there's any culpability if they have a bad match or a bad run of form. He seems to stick with them rather than rotating and, and trying out new ideas and, um, yeah, giving players uh, a chance. We haven't seen any youth players come in at all, really, this season. Uh, I think we just had a couple on the bench. And Lundaloo and um did, did smallbone get a, like a little shout that was about it, so yeah, I think from now if we if you don 't see the youth players coming on through then i 'm going to be just i mean i mean you 're obviously extremely worried that we are really quite definitely in a relegation battle now but yeah if if he 's not even willing to take a chance on the players that he was going to take a chance on last season, you know Valerie has been been a product of. Of, th- of him putting faith in, in the younger, less experienced players. And last season it more or less worked out. As for the five at the back, um, I don't think four at the back works either. I don't think our defence works at all in any combination.
2: No, the players don't work, do they, the, 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 what we've got. We but don't I mean, have I mean, a partnership. Got, no, that's it. We've, we've got... Um, Bertrand's going to be suspended now, straight red. Um, Vokins, we've got, you know, left back. But no doubt, he'll probably put Kevin Danso over there.
3: Or James Ward-Prowse.
2: Or, or James Ward-Prowse and get him to fill in a role, yeah. I just, yeah. Although... Cedric well, and
3: Valerie on at the same time.
2: <laughs> was this a kick up the ass that he needs to, you know, is he listening to the fans? Does he need to think, maybe I should, I should be a little bit more cutthroat with these players? Um, we have another one from uh, Gareth Davies. Uh, Problems start at the top. Ralph is good and the best we can ask for, but he has made questionable decisions for a while. He mm. needs a good number two. The squad is barely mid-table, and we are playing. Uh, we are paying the price of uh, for years of bargain hunting. Yes. Yeah. Big shout out to Gareth Davis for that. one. I, I really agree with that as well. I mean, I said to you a while back, Kevin, that Ralph's vision of buying cheap and taking on projects, I just don't think it's going to cut it in the modern-day Premier League. And as, yeah. admira- as admirable as as intentions are, I just don't. You know, they need to spend some money. I mean, like the bank, you need to do it.
3: You can no, you can do that, and it's what we've uh, made our fortunes in. In doing, we've had great success in doing that. But you can't have a full squad of those kind of players.
2: No, but we need we need uh, a you know a big money centre back. We've needed that yeah. for ages, and we got Kevin Danso in, who is let's face it, he's not going to be the player that we we, we expect him to be.
3: I mean, even Yannick Vestergaard is one of the one of the you know highest one of the highest rated centre backs in Europe, or at least at least was before we got him. Um, <laughs> I mean, he didn't come cheap, and yeah, and look at how he's worked out. I mean, maybe we've got a good player in there, but we just don't have someone to get the best out of him, or um, someone who can communicate with him and and you know delegate the defending roles between them. But yeah. I think we need to do some some serious work in Germany, and I think a lot of it does come from the top um from from Gao and the board, who's so just been very disinterested in what actually goes on on the pitch and with the club, it's just you know, am I going to get my money out of this? Am I going to get my you know prestige bragging rights in some cigar club in shanghai? Mm. That's what it's come down to.
2: Um, I've got another angry message, um, <laughs> the, last, the last angry one, I think. Um, Debbie Beckham sent me this the day after the game. Um, she said, I am more angry today uh, to say I watched the most unpassionate side I have ever seen. I really can't see us getting out of this rut. There is obviously a problem at the club, but those players should play with pride and passion every week. Another one that's bang on there too. Um, yeah, passion. <laughs> did, Alan, did you, did you, uh, you know, echo that as well? Did you notice the lack of passion on the field?
4: Oh yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, uh, I thought from the start we looked poor. I thought, you know, regardless of Bertrand getting sent off um, that first call, it just, they just don't look engaged into exactly what they're doing, um, completely tactics aside or anything. Uh, they just kind of look like they're out there going through motions. Um, I don't know. I mean, obviously the club is very good at feeding us you know, some positive energy with, you know, what they do on their social media channels, but it to me it just looks like, you know, they they look like a team that haven't won in, you know, God knows how long it feels like now. Um but yeah, I just I I, I think that, you know, they go out there knowing, you know, how's it gonna go wrong this week? Um Yeah. And uh, that's what happens. Um, you know, first goal and then compound that with with Bertrand getting sent off to V A R and then um Obviously, two goals follow. We're down. You know, they, that's they average a goal every ten minutes if you look at it, and that's just that's unfathomable to me. I mean, that's just like you say, that's passion gone, that's everything gone. That's that's not trying. That's just giving up.
3: I've seen more fight in a dead hedgehog.
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> that's yeah, been I run mean, over twice. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that seventh one in particular for me just makes me angry. I mean, I I have done the thing. I have watched the game over again. Not not the whole game. I watched the highlights and. That seventh Same goal... Same difference. That, yeah. <laughs> that was just, uh, I just... I just get angry watching it. I just cannot believe that how easy Leicester made it look. I know they've got the extra man, and there's a little bit of extra space, but, I mean, come on. That little, You could see it... Every single time the ball was chipped into the box, there was a goal. Well, but I've been saying this to you all season, Kev, like, even from corners. I, whenever there's a corner, I, I get scared. I just do not trust anybody at that back, and... It's just like that seventh goal. Like I said, was just it just makes me angry. I cannot believe
3: it. Whenever the ball gets more than four feet off the ground, it's Brown trousers time, isn't it?
2: Yeah, and you know that Brendan Rodgers looked at that at half time and thought, you know, five new up at half time, and fair play to Leicester, they kept going.
3: Do you and think I, that I would have um, done the
2: same thing? I would have done exactly the same thing. But he must have said to him, look, whip the ball in the box, just whip it in. They cannot deal with it.
3: Do you and think right. that um, Brendan Rodgers overheard Ralph? On the touchline shouting nine, 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 and I thought, that's <laughs> not a bad idea."
4: <laughs> Very good, <Kat. laughs>
3: Um but, I mean, they, they were t- they were motivated. They were, we, they could see that we were there for the taking, and yeah. but, um there was just, I mean, absolutely no creativity at all in midfield. They'd post no threats. You just, you know, hoof it over. Um, no one's marking anybody, and they just got a free run. So yeah, go out and score as many as you can, and. You know, they thought, oh, we could have a you know a record-breaking win on the hands, and, and yeah, fair play to them. And they they've got that energy and drive that I mean, we're just going to have to stand and be jealous of. Absolutely.
2: Um, now, guys, where do we go from here? So, okay, let's let's just forget, about <laughs> ju- yeah. Okay, <laughs> let's just forget about Tuesday and focus on next Saturday for a minute. Uh, Ralph's got a monumental task on his hands, you know, to strike confidence back into the side against the defending champions in their own backyard. Um, Kev, I mean, I mean, I mentioned to you so your tweet that you put out about the, you know, the line-up against City, but guys, what would you do in, in that City game? Who, who are you playing with? I'll start with you, Kev.
3: Um, oh, God, I mean, if you want a full line-up, I mean, just completely... No, not, not a full it.
2: one, but just, just like all the players that need to come out and the players that need to come in.
3: I think everyone needs to come out. I mean, maybe... Redmond and Ings, um they they're the only ones with any kind of um creativity or dignity after that match. Um so maybe it could be worth leaving them in, but um I'd I bring back in Adams. Um if Giunefo is back, obviously he's going straight in there. Um Um you've got Armstrong as well.
2: Buffau, Vokins.
3: Bufow. Um, yeah. Danso at the back. dance Danso, yeah, I mean not at left back obviously, but um
0: No, no. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah,
3: Danzo at the back with. I mean, who are you going to pair him up with? I mean, Vestergaard, Yoshi, and Bednarok were all equally as oh, shocking. Stevens, Stevens um, I mean, he came out of that not looking bad only because he was substituted on at half time and then he let in four instead of five. I mean,
0: <laughs> this,
3: Well, and okay, two of those were. Um, there's a penalty and a free kick, okay, fair enough. So. But yeah, I mean, we all know that Jack Fucking Stevens isn't a, isn't a, a centre back. I mean, he he could maybe be on there as a kind of holding midfielder. But we've got enough of them in um, Romeo and, and Hoiberg. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe maybe is Cedric. You know, again, I don't I haven't really heard much news about him.
2: I um, mean, could possibly be, yeah. So um, oh, yeah,
3: maybe he could go back in because he wasn't part of that. You know, it's just yeah. just completely, you know, just. Remove all that negativity by just not having those players in there. Give them a chance to you know yeah. get over it.
2: Give somebody a new
3: a new, know. Bring the youth in. I mean they can't do yeah. any fucking worse, can they?
2: Exactly. Um Alan, same for you. You you agree with Kev there? Well, I mean, formation wise, would you would you go I mean a lot of fans are screaming for like a four, two, three, one?
4: Yeah, uh, I, I think if we're going to the city, it's, it's almost damage limitation, or are we just going to go for it and not worry about what the scoreline is, um, just try and get some sort of confidence um, back on our shoulders. Uh, but, yeah, like, I, like, like you're saying, I mean, it's, it's got to be bufal has got to come in. I mean, the fact of the matter is we've got Jay Adams sat on the bench, um, and he was supposedly supposed to come off just to you know, get a rest, apparently. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so what's what's up with that? I mean, he's supposedly supposed to come, you know, for the rest, and then he's going to get used again. But I mean, he's just been, you know, last five, ten minutes of the match. Um, so, is he actually, you know, does you know Hassan Huel actually believe that he can come on and do something for him? Um, but I think it's as long as we start with someone other than Gun and Goal right now, um, that'll be a good positive. Um, and then wherever else, I mean, Hoiberg's maybe going to come off. Remai, but it's, it's, who do you replace him with? Um, I mean, is Obafemi still injured? I guess from yeah. from Portsmouth. So I mean, we the the options, you know, they're limited. I mean, you've got Ings and Redmond, like you say, are about the only two that rightly deserve to stay up uh, or in the retain their spot. Um, we, we brought up Bedrick, um and who's to blame for his regression? Obviously, he was a quite a standout player last year. Um, but he's he's taken whether it's his own fault or uh you know, who he's having to to partner with in defence. I mean he's clearly regret. Um so that's that's a whole other discussion. Uh, he's started
3: the season quite well he? mm. And he's just got yeah, like you say, progressively worse as it's drawn on.
4: And yes. But I yeah, I mean it's it's definitely gotta start I mean, wholesale changes. I mean that's just to Maybe shake something up, but but what's what's going to shake it up against against City? I mean, they're a team that also needs confidence, you know, just you know, based on how they, I guess, they feel that they've been playing, and who better to play against than us, the captains of giving everyone confidence.
2: Um, Alan, I know you mentioned something on this a little bit earlier, but uh, do you think dropping down to the Championship is what we need and deserve?
4: I think it would be a pretty good eye opener for the board, thinking that you know we're here and we're in the Premier League and that we're going to stay. In the top flight, um, but I, I mean, I think at this point we are a championship side, like you guys have both said, um, and I think we could just with do do with hitting the reset button uh, from top to bottom and starting over again. Uh, I never, ever um,
3: accept that argument because it would just be an absolute disaster. I mean, it, like it, it's nice to kind of idealize it and say like, oh, we be playing at the right level. We'd have to those kind of glory days from the two back-to-back promotions and we might see some decent football these players It's just the uncertainty of quality. back again isn't it? That's it. Yeah, that's the yeah. but um, yeah I mean we'll have all of those championship quality players like you know your, your Jack Stevens and James Ward-Prowse and, and so on but all of our best players, best players will be sold off uh, at bargain prices um, we, we, we won't have any of the Premier League money um, and the board You mean
2: like we've got now?
3: Um, well, I mean, w- by staying in the Premier League, I mean, we get all those um, TV rights oh, and sure, yeah. we're actually going to be able to sell tickets and fill up the stadium if we play decent enough. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the the difference in the amount of income that uh, Premier League football provides against Championship is just, yeah, monumental. Mm. And the the board, I mean, Gau's going to still want to get some cash back out of this either way, so, um, yeah, that could end up just ruining the club I and mean, we could find ourselves in serious... Serious financial difficulty. Um, I've seen a lot of the teams have uh, gone down a similar size to us, like um, Sunderland. Um, yeah, been thrown down to League One. Um, yeah, v- Villa. I mean, took them. I mean, they're a huge club, right? And it mm-hmm. took them how long to get back into the Premier League? I mean, it's no certain fact that we'd be we'd be back within a season or even two or five.
4: Mm. It's agreed. I, I totally understand that, and it's. I mean, it's just something has to give to, to at least you know, give give the board some sense of reality. Because, I mean, I, I read that Sam Wallace telegraph piece um, when it came out yesterday. And, it, you know, the board's, like, you know, all happy or whatever. However they presented it, you know, they're willing to put money into the club in January. But until actions, you know, so they act on it and actually do so, I mean, it's like something's got to happen. Because it's just, it's been the same sort of false sort of investment that they said that they would do and they've just not done it uh, or at the right places. Um, but obviously this, this club needs some, some someone brought in just to, to give it some stability, uh, whether it be center back forwards, you know, midfield. Uh, there's, I mean, I don't know what they're supposed to do because <laughs> I don't know if they can bring back force there um, or, or, you know, what that is, but you know, someone needs to come in and just be able to, to provide some stability that we've had in the past years when we've been successful, um, you know, obviously the likes of uh, Jose Font and, and, and the likes of him.
3: I mean, I, I take your point that um, maybe the board has taken our Premier League status for granted and hopefully this will be the wake-up call, you know, whether mm. get, Gao gets his little red checkbook out.
2: But mo- actually, moving on from that, Kev, is there any suspicions that Gao doesn't have the money to put in?
3: Uh. Well, that's a very good question um, i mean he's quite a reclusive fellow is exactly
2: isn't how much do we really know about him is he has he bought this club all in good faith and just is he just hoping to make money from it because he has not shown any interest in putting any money into the club and didn't he have released a statement at the start of the season that said that he's not here to to do that
3: He's not here to pump money in, but he's not here to that stifle money out either. So, I mean, so what's, what's he doing? Is that good news or bad? I don't know. What,
2: what's, what's his end goal here? What's he going to do? Is he just trying to sell it for a little more than he boards it? I don't know. I, I question whether he has the money.
3: <coughs> well, we'll see in January. Cause, yeah, unless we get...
2: Well, we're not going to be buying, bringing players in January unless players go out. Um, Nobody wants us. They don't want any of our players.
3: I mean, sorry, I mean, just, just you know, a dried up... Um, Premier League centre-back with experience on loan, you know, swarming the benches at yeah, one of Gary the big clubs. Gary Cahill would have
0: been good. Cahill, yeah.
3: I mean, he's going to have to bite his tongue on that whole, oh, everyone with his time must be under 24. No, come on. Like, you, you know, we, yeah, we you can't mean, do anything. Reader. Kids, yeah. You
0: need
2: yes. um, Right, OK, so moving on from that game. Man of the match, OK, so t- this week I thought I'd do something a little bit different because all of them were shite. So I'm going give, to give you some... Um, some nominations for who you thought was, was man of the match. Um, so we've got the pre-game light show, <laughs> whoever's in charge of that, groundsman, <laughs> the fans that stayed ninety for 92 minutes, and the tea lady, or maybe the ball boys. I mean, who, who are you going for?
4: Ooh, ooh that's tough. Uh, ooh, I'm going with the with the fans that stayed for 90 minutes and got absolutely soaked. Because yes. that hit was awful on Friday. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Yeah, it was a shower of shit
3: um, shower of on shit. the on the pitch, and <laughs> yeah, a shower from above, and it just turned into a deluge of shit. And in fact, uh, as my kind of wild card man of the match, I actually had written down any fan who stayed for the whole duration of that match should be our man of the match, and, and continued sh- uh, shouting and chanting. Even when we were seven or eight nil down,
0: that's fair, did <laughs> yeah,
3: um, I, I thought that you know we wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to hear uh, the Saints fans because the, the, the atmosphere at St Mary's is is pretty poor at the moment as it is. But um, I thought that I'd be listening to Leicester fans for the for the rest of the, the match. But no, no, you could hear them there, yeah, you know, all when the Saints go marching in and everything, um, not giving a fuck. And, yeah, that, is, that was just amazing. I think I saw someone on, on Twitter saying that now that all the plastics have fucked off after 30 minutes, we can, yeah. you know, actually have a decent sense of <laughs> Have some way of enjoying yourself in the pissing rain. So yeah. last, point,
2: last point I want to make on this game is that I didn't like the way that Jamie Vardy, when he scored his hat-trick for penalty, the ninth, and he goes over to the Leicester fans and he's putting his, li- he's putting his fingers to his lips. Like... I don't like that. I mean,
0: what? We
2: were. Did you not see? Look, look at Vardy's um, celebration on that penalty at the end. It's the last kick of the game. He runs over and he puts his fingers to his lips as to say shush. Like, oh fuck off, mate. You're, you you were eight nil up.
0: Yeah.
2: Give us a break. Yeah. Uh, what
0: are you doing burnt. that for? Uh, yeah. If,
2: yeah. Exactly. If it was a, if it was nil nil and that was a 90th minute penalty, fair enough. And if we've been giving you shit all game, but to do that, no. I'm sorry. That that was. I don't like that. Wanker.
3: <laughs> anyway so um, sorry I just want to end on a slight positive um, that these kind of results don't necessarily mean that we are going down I mean we we have kind of uh, seen it before teams have got stumped I mean Watford you know they got spanked 8-0 and at the bottom of the table we're going to be right next to them for quite a while but we did beat Villa 6-1 and Sunderland 8-0 um but four or five seasons ago, they both stayed up. Um, Wigan managed to ship for more eight times uh, in 2009, 2010, um, including getting fucked eight nil by Chelsea and shanked nine one by, by Spurs, and they still stayed up. So we can do it. It is possible.
4: And there's quite like less the games left. have I mean, yeah. Tons of games to play with. I mean, it's, it's definitely not a be all end all result, but I mean, it's. I mean, definitely people will look at it because it's it's the standout result.
3: It's not too late to change anything.
4: Absolutely.
2: I I love your optimism, but I'm going to knock you back down a bit and say um, we are now 18th place in the league. (laughs) (laughs) And and when Norwich beat Man United this afternoon, we dropped to 19th. Um, But thank goodness for Watford, I guess. Um, And the, the incredible minus 16 goal difference now. It was but yeah,
3: the, it was fairly respectable up until
2: then, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. um, but anyway, not all doom and Gloom. I, I know what you're thinking. Yes, and we still do have the MATLAB quiz. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: I get a zero. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, you'll be fine, right? Are you ready for this?
4: Yeah, yeah. Go on.
3: If, okay. Are if, you, he gets, he, if he gets every question right, do we give him nine points?
4: <laughs> <laughs> and do I get to shush the crowd
0: <laughs> yeah! okay, okay.
2: question number one James Beattie arrived from Blackburn Dave Jones was manager Austin Stat was the season's top scorer and Saints finished one place above the relegation in 17th place but what was the season
4: ooh uh, <laughs> we're going to go with uh,
3: 2003
4: 98-99 oh well, wow, I'm way off <laughs>
3: Okay, uh, second question. Uh Mattless is the A one player of the year. How many times? Three, four, or five?
4: We can go with four. It was three. Damn, wow, I'm... Oh so what do yeah. I get if I get zero?
2: Uh, I'm sure you'll get I'm sure you get one. <laughs> okay, last season, what did Saints pay Celtic for Stuart Armstrong? Ooh,
4: that's gonna be Seven. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes well done <laughs> I knew it was cheaper <laughs> they, were, they were surprised at it for sure
0: uh, ok I name
3: the clubs you name the player sorry Sheffield United Scunthorpe United Doncaster Rovers Southampton Leeds United Sheffield United
4: that's going to be um, I remember this one uh, Billy Sharp
3: yeah, yeah, yeah right. one only nice one Right, okay, who am
2: I? For three points, remember, if you get it wrong, no points.
4: Yep.
2: So it might be good to hang on for a second clue, or even a third. Um, okay, so for three points, born in February 1982, became a trainee for Blackpool at the age of 16, making his debut in 1999 at 17. All right. Do you want to guess, or do you want another clue? I'm
4: going to take another clue. Okay. Uh, I don't I know this one.
3: Uh, all right. Um, yeah. So after Blackpool's relegation, he had spells at Macclesfield, Stockport, Rochdale, and
4: Bristol Rovers. Yeah, I'm going to take a guess. Okay.
2: okay. I'm
4: going to go with Ricky Lambert. There, oh,
2: two points. He joined Southampton in August 2019 for one million pounds, making over 200 appearances, 106 goals, and helped secure Saints' back-to-back promotions before his dream. Moved to Boyhood Club Liverpool, finish his career with spouses at West Brom and Cardiff. It was Ricky Lambert. Well done. Yeah,
4: that's, that the play, that's the type of player that we uh, kind of need at the moment because that's do, our yeah. that's our ethos type of player. That's I mean that's yeah the player who has success for us. The kind of I mean look at look at down the line you had uh, Matt and you had Ricky Lambert, you know guys like that, huge success. And look at the type of player they were, just you know that poacher striker. I mean his ability to sit in the box.
2: <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, but um. What was that, Ev? Uh Four points.
3: Oh, shizzle! Right. Um.
2: <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice job with the with the point keeping, Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he, did so he get got Stuart he he Armstrong, Armstrong. Armstrong. He got Billy Sharp, and he got Strip. two points. So yes, four, yeah, so four, four. 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 Mm. Uh, an average. Well, yeah, I suppose that is the average this year, isn't it? A lot of people have been scoring four. So yeah,
4: not too bad I, I, cool. I should have had the James Beattie one. That was one I should have had. I don't know where it was it was on that one. <laughs>
2: It's, it's harder than it than it than it appears sometimes, but yeah. On the
4: spot for sure.
2: <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um okay, so we've got three questions to end the show, the ones that we ask every single one. Uh Question number one, would you rather wear a pompous shirt every day for five years or sleep in a haunted house for ten?
4: Is this still with the ghost of uh <laughs> ah! <laughs> <Christmas> <laughs> <players past>?
0: <laughs> Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah, give me the ghost of Halloween. Hey. Okay, um
3: Twice the height of Peter Crouch, or half the height of Lionel Messi.
4: All right, so uh, I'm I'm like five five, so I've always wanted to be tall. I mean, it's a dream of mine. So give me uh, twice the height of Peter Crouch, and I'll, I'll be with the with the ability to buy trousers.
3: I'll
4: just <laughs> yeah. show my ankles.
3: Or anything. I mean, yeah, even bending over, you'd still be, was it six foot seven? Yeah. <laughs> six foot seven,
4: doubled, yeah. Well, I'm I'm, a, I'm around basketball players most days, and we've got, you know, seven yes. feet over seven foot, so.
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: All right. You'd be um, able to I'm, slap her in the head.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, Skulls or Gerard.
4: I'm a Skullsy kind of guy. Yay! So definitely. I th- I, Stevie Gerard. you know, obviously tremendous player, but always, always been a Skullsy guy.
3: Nice. Good answer. 6-1, Kev. (laughs) I don't don't have any vested interest in this whatsoever.
2: (laughs) No, I know. Um, I think that's about it, Kev. Is there anything else you would like to ask, Alan?
3: Well, we we do love a good, uh, cherished chant. What's your favourite Saints chant?
4: Ooh, favourite Saints chant. still the Graciano and Tadic one, I would say. Um, you know it's magic. You know. <laughs> hey. So, oh, you know this is the first. We've asked this to everyone. It's the
2: first time someone's actually sang it to us. So yes, yeah, just, just give him an extra point in the quiz for it.
4: Oh yes, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've yeah. always liked that one. And that's a uh, you know, fair play to Tadich for kicking on. Um, he's he's having a fantastic, you know, career since he left Saints and uh, fully typical, deserved.
0: <laughs> typical, typical, typical. Yeah.
4: Do you still stand by
3: um not minding seeing him go, Ray?
2: Well, obviously, at the time, I, I was like, yeah, waste of space. He's too inconsistent. Get rid of him. But, yeah, obviously, we, we, we could we could take him now, yeah. 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 I'd take Matt Letizia and Ricky Lambert now back. So, yeah.
4: <laughs> See, I I'd, still take, I'd, I'd, I'd take a Ricky Lambert. I mean, that's yeah. a, I'd take him back <laughs> right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd um, take Calvin Davis in goal.
3: <laughs> yes, definitely Calvin <laughs> Davis, yeah. <laughs> Franny is in good shape nowadays. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
4: Does anyone know where Gooley is?
2: <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Bring him back. Bring him all back
3: have you seen Mike Goley? <laughs>
0: right,
2: um thank you Alan for coming on taking the time to chat with us today. Um and hopefully when when Jake is available we'll have him on as well. Um and yeah, and thanks for you know, taking part in the quiz. Actually, you know, what we could do we get Jaycon to do the quiz and you two could compete against each other. That'd be good. Oh, ooh,
4: ooh, that would be good. That would be good. His, uh, his knowledge is very good, I think. Oh, so you go. so I'd be, I'd be in dire straits. And uh, I just
2: dangle the carrot on him and say, you got to beat four, and that. Yeah,
4: like, yeah. <laughs> but but not no not who's four, but you have to yeah. just beat four. <laughs> yeah.
2: Hmm. <laughs> um. yeah so you can follow Alan on at a underscore gunsy and visit gunshowsports.wordpress.com dot um, wordpress dot com. Do appreciate it. No problem. Um, but thank you, thank you once again for coming on, mate. It's been it's been a pleasure.
3: Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, you're very welcome. Yeah, it's
4: been a lot of fun. Oh,
0: we'll
4: speak to you soon. Cheers, All right. Man. Speak Have you, news, up up to you,
0: mate. Sa- up, up, up to the, the Saints. Up to the Saints. Up to the Saints. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> up to the Saints. Fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> Cheers, man. <laughs> Bye.
4: Yeah, man. You. See you. Hi, I'm Matt
1: Thank you for listening to In That Number.
2: Joining us right now, we have the pleasure of bringing in city writer and host of Blue Moon Podcast, David Mooney. David, a very warm welcome to you.
1: Hello, how are you doing?
2: Yeah, uh, as we said to our previous guest, um, not not too good. (laughs) But I mean, he's a (laughs) Saints fan, so he feels our pain.
1: Yeah, I'm not gonna. I, listen, I'm I'm not gonna sit here and, and pretend to uh, <laughs> to know what it feels like because I've never I've never experienced <laughs> that level of, uh, of desolation after, a, especially a home game. As well. oh, <laughs> so horrible, uh, horrible, horrible.
2: You must be, you know, like clapping your hands together, thinking, "Christ, we have got
1: to play these twice next week. Here we go." Ah, but you you say that, and like the first I remember Friday night as I was I wasn't watching the game, but I was I was I was on Twitter following it, and I you know obviously following a lot of City fans, and a lot of the reaction was oh who's their next game eyes emoji Uh, because it's like
0: it's it's a very
1: uh, it's not the sort of thing that City the modern City does, but the old City back in the day I mean goodness me you could the scripts would be. That you know Southampton ship nine to Leicester look absolutely hopeless uh, on, on Friday night, and then City comes on the following week and it's uh, you know one nil away win at Etihad. I think just it, that's the <laughs> sort of thing that goes through City fans' head. Just fro- we've been scarred by that period in the nineties where that sort of thing happened, and it's only like a window of what seven eight years in City's history where that sort of thing happened. But it was that bad and that frequent that, that even now. You can be the richest club in the world with the best players, and it's still in the back of your head <laughs> thinking, "Yeah, but you know, could happen." <laughs> I, I tell you what, David, it's not going to happen.
2: I, I trust me, it's not going to happen.
1: <laughs> I want you to save this audio so that when it does happen, and uh, you can you can say, "God, how wrong we were," you know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'd love it if
3: that was the case. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: okay,
3: um, can
2: you
1: tell us about um, about yourself and and the work that you do? Uh, yeah, of course. Um, I, um, I I kind of did Blooming Podcast and, and uh, all that sort of stuff in lieu of getting a proper job when I finished university. <laughs> um, I fell out of university in 2009 with a degree in broadcast journalism and, and naturally assumed that when I moved back to Manchester and, uh, and Media City was opening, I'd just I'd probably apply for a couple of jobs and then get one around there, and it turns out that it didn't work like that and nobody wanted to employ me. Um, so in the, in the stopgap, um, a friend of mine... Runs a uh, city forum, Bloomer Forum, and uh, I just I messaged him and just said, "Listen, I've been doing all this. I've bought a little bit of equipment with the idea that I would be getting a job, uh, and I haven't got a job. So I'd make your podcast if you want. How does that sound?" Uh, and he went, "Yeah, it it sounds good." And the idea was that I would do it for a few months, uh, maybe the first season or so, and then give it up when I got work. Um, and it just never happened, and I ended up putting more and more time and money into it. And I mean, we're not really that affiliated with the forum anymore. I don't, I don't really speak to Rick that often, other than to to kind of say, oh, look, you know, the the new uh, new shows up, and you might uh, sticking in a thread at the top of the forum. Um, and it just it took on a life of its own. I then got a job uh, news reading at a local radio station, and um, I got that off the back of doing the podcast in the first instance. They the owner was a city fan and said, look, we've heard it, we want to do a live version of the show. Um, that happened on Sunday nights. The guy they brought in to host that was uh, the radio station's uh, journalist, and he basically said, "Look, I'm, I'm always after to cover work. Cover if you need. Uh, if you if you're looking for work, I got into doing a bit of, a bit of uh, stuff through them. And then he left, and, and I applied for him and got his job. Wow. And it was from there that I then met a couple of other people and doing the live version that we met. That we had a couple of uh, kind of trainees come in, and my uh, colleague on the podcast who actually left last summer. Uh, Sam, he joined us and we started doing a weekly show and it just, everything got really kind of podcast focused. And so now, um, I, when I left that job, I went, I decided to go freelance because then I could spend half my week kind of focused on actual work and earning some money and the other half of the week on Blooming Podcast and making it sound good and, and having like a weekly, like mini radio show sort of thing, um, and uh, kind of seeking advertisements for it And getting a bit of money in through that So there was, so, so that's kind of where we're at now Is that Sam left <laughs> And uh, the idea originally Because it used to be fortnightly when we started The idea mm-hmm. would be that I'd host one week He'd host the other week And then we'd both be still doing a fortnight's worth of work But yeah. we'd have a weekly show um, And then as soon as he left it suddenly became Oh well, I've still got this weekly show to fill And uh, mm-hmm. oh and there's only me to do it now So it, it became, <laughs> uh, it became all my work to do um, but it's good fun, and we can't, you know. I mean, I, I feel privileged to have set it up before City got particularly good, and to be able to That's nice, now, yeah. y- now now be able to kind of follow through. This is the kind of like reward for the for the early years of City. Were never terrible when we started it. We we started it in 2009, um, but they were they were they were still at the time when they were always the bridesmaids in United's shadow. And it's now nice to have that kind of flip mm. side. Uh, yeah. yeah, through 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 the looking glass sort of thing. Okay, so considering like our weekend,
2: uh, Kev, if you could think of the worst place to possibly play next week, <laughs> it would be the Etihad, right? Um, yeah, we've got to go there twice.
3: Let's make a week of
2: it. <laughs> yeah, do you, <laughs> you, you think we're going to be staying up there? I mean, last you, you know last last week on the podcast, I said, you know, she played it, obviously the, the the Carabao Cup fourth round on Tuesday the 29th and then we play the, the Premier League game on Saturday the 2nd, they probably will stay up there, right?
3: I mean, if you can find somewhere to train in the intermittent period, then why not?
2: Hmm. Yeah, um, so both both very different games. I mean, I'm assuming that Pep will be looking to close the gap on Liverpool as a priority, thus leaving them there for the taking in the cup. Hmm. Um, but sh- should we expect a completely different Levin in both matchups? Uh, b- b- because, let's face it, your, your youth squad could probably take us on. Um, and you've got the squad size to manage both games accordingly. Uh, uh, or you, do we need for crux or, you know, decent spines remain the same?
1: Yeah, you say that. Um, City's, uh, listen, I'm, I'm never, ever, ever going to ask for uh, sympathy because I'm never going to get it uh, in terms of City squad and squad depth. Um, the the issue that City have got at the moment, they've got... they. They're bereft of injuries. You, we know the uh, the problems at centre-back. They didn't, they didn't bring in a replacement for company. They lost Lefort. Um Stones has only just got back. Otamendi's been playing with the injury. he right, has uh, been in, playing yeah, back, hasn't
2: he? Yeah, yeah they,
1: they've been playing Rodri and Fernandino as a, as a centre-back and And, I mean... Guardiola is, he said a number of times that if he could fill his team with midfielders, then he could do. So it was kind of like a wet dream for him to be able to have <laughs> midfielders at centre-half. Um, a midfielder at left-back in Zinchenko. I mean, I, I can't, I think Mendy and Cancelo uh, or Walker have played as the full-backs while he's had the midfielders in, in centre-back. But he, he could have, like, th- there was a, a real situation where he could have played uh, well, I mean, if we if we were to count Raheem Sterling as a as a midfielder rather than a forward, and you, you know, you're looking at um, at five midfielders in the midfield, and then uh, three midfielders of a back four, and you're suddenly thinking like he's only got Edison Walker and, uh, and Aguero who aren't midfielders in this team. Which is exactly <laughs> what he's after. Um, but he, he like I I I don't know where his priorities lie. He is a, I'm I'm not gonna uh, beat around the bush. He's a very odd man. He seems to he seems to have this fixation on making sure that uh, that the momentum is always kept up, and as such he seems to play overly strong teams for every game that, that that City are in, and it's one of the reasons why you know fans are crying out to see more of Phil Foden because there are so many games that he would be available for and could do a, a, a good job in that he still seems to go on and pick Gundogan and, and, and David Silva with Bernardo Silva and, and just not give those sorts of players any sort of uh, rest out of the team. And it's probably the reason why they've won the Carabao Cup the last couple of times because while the likes of Liverpool and, and Chelsea and uh, you know, the, the other top teams have put in weakened sides and given youth the chance, City have gone there. And they've, they've played pretty much a, a full-strength team with maybe one or two players out. The, the only time that that's really changed was in the last round at Preston. Where the centre backs were Eric Garcia and, and Taylor Harwood, Belibus, two uh, two of the EDS uh, youth players. So I would expect, in terms of a lineup for for Tuesday, I'd expect it to be certainly quite strong at the front end of the pitch, uh, with maybe you know oh, a, one or th- <laughs> one or two of the uh, of the defenders um, being youngsters. But I, I I genuinely wouldn't be surprised if you were to see Gabriel Jesus, see Bernardo Silva there, uh, possibly Raheem Sterling as well. I think you know I think Phil Foden will start that one. Um, but beyond that, I think you, I think you're still looking at first team players rather than uh, rather than many youth players. Well, just when you think it couldn't
2: get
3: any worse, Kev. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, I'm, I'm I'm shitting my pants already. <laughs> um,
3: as as we well know, I mean, maybe I could take this tip for my uh, fantasy football team. Aguero is only, only obviously going to play one of those matches. Which one do you think is going to be?
1: Um, I, I honestly don't know. I thought it was I, I thought Aguero would start at um uh, at the weekend because like he, yeah, seemed, he, yeah, the yeah, end, he yeah. Yeah, he, he came on for the last kind of fifteen minutes and scored that, that fantasy league wonder of one point. Yep. Yeah. Uh, um yeah, yeah, he's my captain. Yeah, he's on I'm, the bench, I learned <laughs> my lesson. I, I captained De Bruyne, so I'm I'm really uh, kind of I, I d do, I don't know whether that goal went down as his or not in fantasy league. I've not checked. Um but uh,
0: it,
1: it's, it really is a, 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 I thought it would be I thought it was generally Jesus for the away games And, and European games And then Aguero for home games And uh, a, a kind of the more important European games um, But I honestly don't know anymore I think, I think the phasing between Aguero and Jesus Has started at City this season uh, Jesus is really He's very quietly under the radar Had a very, very good start mm-hmm. to this season Um, He's not played that much football But when he has played, he's scored And I think that's really gone in his favour Aguero, again, is is, The problem that that, that City have got Is that Aguero is the greatest striker That the club has ever had And Mm. it it, it kind of If he's fit, you would think immediately He has to play whatever the game is um, and so, therefore, with the with the Carabao Cup obviously taking second stage to closing the gap on Liverpool, then you would save Aguero for the weekend, and then and then play Jesus on on Tuesday night. But with the way that that Jay has been playing and the way that he's been pressing defenses, it might actually be the other way round. He might flip it for for um, just for kind of keeping it fresh, sort of thing. Especially with Jesus having started uh, at, at weekend, he might he might start the league game in, in in the following weekend. That being said, he could he could throw a spanner in the works and try one of his formations where he gets them both in the team together. He has done that in the past, um, so I don't. And you know, if, you, if you're going to tinker with things and try things out, then I suppose the Carabao Cup is probably the place to do it, rather than uh, rather than risk falling further behind in the Premier League.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: I mean, yeah. Like you said,
2: you do take this competition pretty seriously. I mean, that, that is evident because you you know defending
1: champions and all that. Um, despite, it's, it's having... almost. At, I mean, it's it's almost at the stage where now we just assume City win it until told otherwise. Yeah, <laughs> just. <I> <laughs> but like, yeah, that. but like, even
2: that, despite having a, a tight. A, you know, really tight uh, championship race last year. Still
1: putting it all in, and I mean, when's the when's the league cup final? Was it March? Yeah, it's, <clears> it's late February, early March. So, I mean, that, that's yeah. the thing you, you can. I, this is the this is the other the other interesting thing. With, uh, I always get asked when I do other other podcasts what uh, why City fans have never really taken to the Champions League. And the truth is, what City fans haven't taken to is the group stage of the Champions League. The knockout stage of the Champions League is absolutely fine. They're just not very good in it. Um, so uh, you, one of the reasons why I kind of like the League Cup is that the League Cup is interesting up until the point where the Champions League starts to get interesting <laughs> so like you look at this season's Champions League group. is it any wonder that city haven 't really that the fans haven 't really got up for it because they've they 've done well in the group they've you know they 've not really had any competition in the group this season um and so now they the top of the table, they're, they're probably going to qualify. There's no real reason to get up to the final three games of the group. They're, they're almost uh, like, like dead rubbers at this stage. Mm. But the Carabao Cup, now, yeah, you, you have a winner on the night. So whatever happens, if City don't turn up against Southampton and Southampton play well, then boom, it could be over for the, <laughs> the season. There, 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 is, there is. Don't laugh. <laughs> there is there is genuine jeopardy on each one of the games in each round up until the final where you where you obviously have the, the the jeopardy of the final for the Champions League now in in terms of like turning it into a cash cow for UEFA what they've done is yeah they've created a system where you get more of the big games but in order to get to the big games you've got so many of the little games in the in in the first instance and it doesn't have the sort of balance that that the competition like the Premier League does where, of course, you have big games and little games, but it, it, it's the little games that make the big games more crucial, sort of. Oh,
0: thing. yeah, of course.
1: It doesn't work like that in the Champions League, just for the the, 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 the way that the group setup is and the way that... that the seeding system then puts the big teams where, they, where it puts the big teams in the last stages. So I think one of the reasons why it's nice to, to see a team taking the League Cup quite seriously is because it, it just kind of it makes things interesting all the way through the season. And you don't have that, that kind of first half of the season lull, where you get this run of big games in the, in the back half of the season,
0: yeah. where if
1: you go into the title, then you've got to win every Premier League game that you play. And if you go into the FA Cup, you've got to win all them. And the, the Champions League, you've got to win all them as well. In the first half of the season, it generally doesn't really matter because you've got time to make up on uh, uh, on yeah. the league games and the Champions League. Well, as long as you kind of get to ten points in your group, you'll do all right. So, I, I think that I think it 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 puts I think, so I think it's nice to see City kind of go into the League Cup each season. And you know, if, if other teams like Chelsea and, and Liverpool and Arsenal are, uh, yeah. uh, are not going to go for it, then you know, it's, you know, more for them sort of thing. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Kev,
3: um, what's the mood like uh, with City fans um, for the title race? I mean, you know, nobody's sort of you know folding their arms and giving it to Liverpool. I'm guessing.
1: No, it's uh, it's Liverpool, isn't it? They're just they're annoying me. They're really, really annoying <laughs> me um, because it, it it seems to be, and, and like, I don't, I I, I never kind of criticise other teams for coming to City and doing this because I, I think other teams are well within their rights to do it. Um, you saw the way that Villa played. I mean, the way that Wolves played was a perfect example. Wolves were uh, incredibly well prepared, incredibly well organised and they countered with dreadful efficiency. They were... Um, they, they, I mean, the fact that City lost that game 2-0, I actually thought that that result flattered uh, City. I thought Wolves were far better than the 2-0 uh, scoreline kind of, uh, showed them in the end. They had a couple of decent chances that they should have uh, should have extended the lead further, um, and City couldn't create anything. And it, and it was simply because of how well-organised Wolves were that City, City couldn't do anything. Just first frustrating. Villa, yeah, in the first half against Villa, it was very frustrating again, because Villa just did not offer any space or any room for City to work in. So when you when you kind of expand that out to the time the race I, I would assume that teams would go to Anfield and do the same sort of thing I, I'm not a big watcher of Liverpool's games I can't put myself through it again this season <laughs> to, uh, to watch all of their games thinking this will be the one where they drop points and it turns out that it's not um, well Man United so did it, for, I, I, last I took, weekend I I, I I, I, like te- I like to think that other teams. So I like to think that other teams got to get to Liverpool and are, are well organised. And then when you see the the state of some of the goals that Liverpool recorded in the last eighteen months, where it's been I don't know, Larice just throwing it to it uh, was it Firmino's feet or Mane's yeah. feet. Um, the, the Sheffield United keeper Dean Henderson the other week. Um, they, Sheffield United had played brilliantly in that game, and then a shot goes straight through the goalkeeper, and you just think why, why again? And then when you I, I heard comments was it um, I think it was either Jurgen Klopp or it might have been Jordan Henderson recently who had, uh, who had commented that um, Liverpool just didn't get the luck last season that, that they needed to win the league and I was thinking what what more luck could they have yeah. <laughs> their, their entire <laughs> yeah. team was fit all season and then there were just so many defensive errors that were, that were going in their favour a number of offside goals that counted and I try not to get wound up for it because I know that City get these things as well um but it just it just infuriated me so I've, so i think the mood is uh, as as long as city can be six points behind when they go to anfield uh, then they'll only be nine points behind after that trip so um yeah. they uh,
0: <laughs> the, they'll still
1: be within the, within a chance listen they lost city lost to newcastle uh, the in the february of last season and I thought that was it for the time of the race. I couldn't see couldn't see how uh, Liverpool were going to drop any more points, and then they could drop points the very next night. So there's, I, I, I've, I've given up. Kind of picking the games where I think Liverpool are going to drop points, and don't say, oh, you know, Chelsea away, that'll be a tough one. You know, it's, it's never, yeah. it, they're never good at Old Trafford, sort of thing, and just assume it's going to be the, the weeks where you don't expect them to drop points that they'll do it. It's the same for City. City always seem to seem to lose when you don't expect them to. Yeah, um,
0: concentrate. So game, yeah.
1: I think that the title race is far from finished, uh, but it's certainly uh, Liverpool. Liverpool have got control of it for the moment. Um, I don't think many City fans will... will I, I think if City were to lose another game this season, I think that's the point now where you say, right, after that, they cannot lose another one. And that, and already so early into the season, that feels like it's a big risk at this stage. Um, they put together an unprecedented uh, run of uh, victories in 2017-18. I think it was 18 or 19 on the bounce. Uh, they put together 14 on the bounce last season to win the title. Um, I think from this stage on now, it's going to need one or maybe two runs like that to, uh, to to close the gap on Liverpool. Because I don't think I think Liverpool are getting near 100 points again. So I think City got to do the same.
0: Wow. <laughs> well,
2: um, just going back to the to the League Cup game. Can I just get a prediction from you? From yeah, I
1: mean, as, as much as you guys are on a bit of a low after after Friday night, and I think uh, I, I think Guardiola will rotate his, uh, his squad a little bit. It won't be that much. Um, I I think it will be. I, I don't see it being a, an end-to-end uh, thriller. I don't see it being a particularly good game to watch. To be honest with you, I think City will probably get the job done comfortably, but not too comfortably. If that makes sense, yeah. um, I can I can see maybe a two-nil home win.
2: Okay. Um, well, Kev. I mean, I looked at their last in the um, Carabao Cup against Preston, three-nil win at Deepdale, and it was. I mean, you you touched on this a little bit earlier on, David, about the the, the team selection. Then they still had the likes of Gondouan, David Silva, Bernardo Silva, Gabriel Jesus, and Sterling. I think Mares came on in that game as well. Yeah. They did have the youngsters. I say Phil Foden played, and that um, I don't know much about this uh, Taylor Harwood Bellis. Um, pretty young defence. I think it's going to be a pretty, yeah, pretty similar side again, in terms of personnel. I, yeah, so I'm going to, I'm going to go a two-one. I think Saints are going to score.
1: I wouldn't <laughs> put it I, again. I wouldn't put that past you. If Fabio Bravo's in goal and a shot on target is as good as a goal,
2: so. Uh... <laughs> um, I okay, You laughed when I said that, so um, I want your, <laughs> yeah. I want your score prediction on this one. So
3: uh, yeah, as long as I don't put. Um, Nine goals past us, I think, we will <laughs> take it as a step forward. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to have to score, aren't we? And, it's, and the so is basically it, yeah. our only chance. Um, so I'm going to predict 3-1 City for, for that game. You
2: know, you didn't need to say City after that. I knew what you meant.
3: <laughs> just, just in case it nearly yeah. slipped up. Yeah. Um,
2: OK, so yeah, then we turn our attention to the Premier League game. Um, you touched on how, you know, Liverpool... Liverpool a little bit this season um, you know I was chatting to a colleague at the, s- at the start of the season and he said you know we were talking about who's going to win the league I mean me and you have both said Man City are going to win it um, but this guy yeah. said Liverpool is theirs this year and he said that you felt the City side were ageing um, do you see it like that do you see a lot of you know, you everyone's
3: ageing it, it?
2: yeah but I mean I didn't realise how old these players were getting you're know, just looking at like, the likes of David Silva and Sergio Aguero and, and Fernando oh, Antonio
1: uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think David Silva is is certainly slowing down. Um, the club themselves have noticed this. Uh, Guardiola is, is reported to at the end of last season. Um, Asked Silver why he wasn't running as much as he as he had been previously, and there's no there's no real reason behind it other than the fact that I think he's just getting a bit older and his legs are. are... It, it, it seems best to say that David Silva is losing his legs because he never had yeah. legs to begin with. He never he never. <laughs> it, it, if you were like, for for me, Silver is uh, the greatest attacking midfielder that I've seen in the Premier League, not just at City, but in in the Premier League. I am biased. I will I will accept that. Um, but he, he, if you were going to say for a, an attacking midfielder, the three things that you would want for them is that they could be two-footed, that they would have a good shot on them from range, and that they've got a bit of pace. And Silva's got absolutely none of them three. You
0: know, <laughs> he's, he, he is
1: so dominant on his left foot. He, you know, his right foot is so for standing on. He has never had he's never had any any speed to burn, and um, you know, he's just he. he, he just never looked like he would uh, like he, like once he's in gear, he's never really getting out of gear, um, and uh, and yeah, he's never he's never really been one to finish shots from the edge of the box. He's always looked for that pass instead. So, um, but that being said, he's he's been such a wonderful player for City. he can kind of he's overlook genius, all three yeah. of those faults for uh, for, yeah. for what he does. Um, so, I think there's a little point in that. I think Fernandinho, God knows how he's still going. Um, he's about 49 now. He's been at City. <laughs> that long. Um, but he seems to, he just seems to be to be able to keep going, keep going, keep going. Um, I don't actually know. I should probably have checked this before we came on. Uh, but I don't actually know which game he's suspended for. Um, because the way the league rules work this season, yellow cards uh, only count for the competition that they're in. Um, oh. well, I'm not sure if red cards carry over. So... I was reading if it was a suspension through five yellows, then he would be suspe- He wouldn't be suspended for the League Cup game. He would be suspended for the Premier League game because the five yellows have come in that. Um, if it was yellows through accumulation in the League Cup, then he would be suspended for the next League Cup tie. Uh, but I don't know how the red card works. I don't know if that works If that, don't know if that means he'll be suspended for um, Tuesday or Saturday. Either way, it's um, Tuesday. Yeah, I, either way, it's, it's annoying because of uh, the injury problems at centre back at the minute. Um. So he's an, he's another one who I don't know how he keeps going. Uh, Sergio Aguero isn't actually that old, but he's he's his game with yeah his, his game. Uh, well, I'm 31 years old as well, so I'm, so he's definitely <laughs> not old. Um, We're the same uh, age as Fernandinho, just for the record. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> about, about 49 is that? Um, yeah. He's, uh, <laughs> so Aguero's Aguero's changed his game. You know, massively since Agu- since uh, Guardiola's been at City, Aguero used to be. He, he, Aguero could touch the ball three times in a game and score three times, and that'd be it. You would he, he could be completely anonymous, but then pop up with a couple of goals. Now he is running and running and running and chasing down and and you know working everywhere on the pitch. He'll pop up in the left back position, tackling back and then giving the ball off to to somebody else. So Guardiola has really got into his head. The problem with that is that there's only so much at, at 31 years old that he can keep doing that week in, week out. He's had, you know, muscular injuries throughout his career. Uh, the way he runs and the way he, he kind of bursts with that 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 explosion of pace in the first couple of yards that can only re- that that only ever puts stress on your muscles and, and your joints. So. He's another one who, you know, he. he, Like I said before, I think the phasing process between him and Jesus is starting, and is and and will be kind of a lot heavier this season. Um, But equally, City have got quite a lot of young talent in there as well. Um, You know, Bernardo Silva is is a baby compared to the rest Mm -hmm. of the group. Um, Phil Foden is coming through, and I think will be a much. A, a, we keep saying that next season will be the, the year that he is. He is. Um, he, he's really a part of the team. That's what we, we say about James We've been saying it for yeah. years. <laughs> we, we we've been saying it year after year as well. And I, I really think that this season, uh, not next season, is the one for Foden. He, I think, in the second half of this season, um, if he's not. Starting to get into this team regularly, then I'm starting to worry that he's never going to be able to make that kind of next step. Especially as watching play, he's a brilliant footballer. Um, so there's there's certainly young young legs in there, and Rodri as well has come in. I know he's injured at the moment, but he's come in and uh, and will be the heir to the Fernandinho defensive midfield role. Um, John Stones not necessarily young, but youngish in the context of, of what we mean. Um, he's another one who I think is he needs to, to kind of kick on now and, and develop a little bit from from where he's been in his, his what is it three years, three four years at City. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: so th- there's there's certainly an argument to say that City are an ageing team. I I not necessarily say it's one that I would buy. I think if City don't win the league this season, it's not because of their age.
2: Um, right. So into the league game. Um, this is the one that I think we, I mean, uh, we need to focus on Premier League survival now. Um, so I, I think the League Cup, we can just write that one off. The League One, this is the one I want to see. I really want to see completely change side from Saints just just go at them. I and mean, is that is that a bad thing to think, Kev? Um, but
3: how? How?
2: <laughs> what do you mean how how do we go at them?
3: <laughs> yeah. Well,
2: I, mean, we've got I mean, anything to go at them with. I mean, would you take getting absolutely thumped by City if we actually went for it? as opposed to what, what happened on Friday night, sitting back and just letting them walk walk the ball into the net. So, I mean, I just yes. want to see a bit of effort.
3: I mean, effort either defensively um, absolutely, or, yeah. or, or in a sack. Um, we've, we've seen neither for a long time. So, yeah, I mean, if if we hold out and then just get tired towards the end and, and letting a couple of goals, that's not going to be um, that offensive, in my opinion. Um, If we do go for damage limitation And it works out Or, yeah, try and bring it to them With whatever weapons That um, Hass and Hootville can pull together Uh, Try out Jay Adams Um, Yeah, we'll probably have to her back for um, At least one of those matches So, yeah, maybe But
2: just part of the bus
3: (laughs) Part of the bus But, (laughs) Um, yeah, the more uh, Defenders we have on the pitch The more mistakes we have on the pitch (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, that's funny. That <laughs> <laughs> funny how that seems to go. Um, David, how do you see this this game in particular
1: unfolding? I mean, it usually
2: four three three. Is that about right?
1: Yeah, City won't City won't do too much. I mean, Guardiola is known for overthinking problems, um, and it, it depends on what defense City have available. I suppose uh, one of the reasons they lost against Wolves was because is it, Guardiola's head was like a million Rubik's cubes all spinning at light speed for that game. They. <laughs> he, he he totally overcompensated for what uh, what the problems that city had, and in the end, what it did was it put a lot of pressure on Riyad Mahrez to do a lot of solo work on the uh, on the right flank, which he was marked out of the game for. Um, it put a lot of pressure on Ilkay Gundogan to be both the creative support for David Silva when they got in each other's way on the edge of the box, and then to be the screen ahead of uh, the defense, which he just he, he just wasn't doing at the same time, and. I, I'm going I, I kind of want to throw you guys a bone because there, there seems to be this. There seems to be this perfect storm of things that happen when City lose, and it's the first off uh, is that the opposition play really well. The second off is that City play really badly, and then the third one is that there, there's there's good fortune or, or, or bad fortune on City's part on City's part, but. This season, it's not been in, in the last two seasons in the in the two title winning seasons. of Guardiola, those three things happening all at the same time were very very rare. Um, this season, it feels like the the threshold to get to those three things happening is a lot lower than it was in in previous years. Um, City going to Norwich, for instance, the uh, a, a couple of months ago, and it, it should have been quite a comfortable game. City played a really strong team. Um, they were a little bit below par, but they were still decent enough. They created enough chances in that game to have won the game. Um, But there were just mistakes all over the pitch that that haven't been synonymous with City in the the last two seasons. So the one thing that I would say from a Southampton point of view is if you come to the Etihad with the ideas of just damage limitation, then you are probably going to get smacked around the pitch. If you come with a game plan and, yeah, maybe the game plan is damage limitation, but with... A kind of solidity that ensures you to be able to to kind of keep holding the ball in certain places. Watford's big mistake when they came to City was to try and stick a lot of defenders between City and the and the goal. And just keep the ball. Let City have the ball, but try and keep it as far away from the goal as possible. Mm, and what happened? There, yeah. yeah, what happened was, was City kept the ball and they kept slicing through like a hot knife through butter. Um, what Wolves did was they they said to City, "Yeah, you you guys have the ball, but we're not going to give you any space whatsoever." And the way to kind of do that is to is to not mar- not to try and mark City's players, but cut out the spaces that they want to operate in. So yeah, let David Silva move. But don't show, don't let him have those those little passes through to Aguero or to the wing that will then drag other players out of position. If you keep your shape and you keep organised like that, um, then City find it very very hard to break down a, a back five is actually really hard for City because what they do, what what City are good at is is making two or three short passes on one side, dragging the defence over that side, and quickly switching it to the other flank. But if you've got five players in your in, in your back line, the the space for it to be switched into is a lot smaller and that Wolves played kind of a three at the back, becoming a five at the back when they didn't have possession, and so it was a five at the back for quite a long time. Newcastle last February or so did the same sort of thing, and there is this running pattern where City don't create chances against a team that has really packed out the defence, and he's not really marking players, but he's marking the space instead. Um so I think that if Hasselhoff can, can kind of drill his players to be able to do that, the, the, the problem that, that other teams have against City is that City very rarely has to change their tactics for how the opposition play, and so they're very good at what they do. The opposition quite often has to change what they would normally do in a game to face City, and so they're not not as well drilled in what they're going to do in that game, and it plays into City's hands. Um so there's, it's. I can see why you guys would feel bleak after the weekend, especially with <laughs> with how Leicester played. Um, City don't really attack it with the yeah. same speed that Leicester do. So there is there is that. Uh, City are much more possession based than uh, than the kind of uh, all guns blazing Brendan Rogers approach. Um, so I, I I would be surprised if you get absolutely thumped. Um, but <laughs> again, you, your confidence must be. You know, through the floor, City. Are, 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 they're not playing great at the minute, but they're doing a lot better than they were a couple of weeks ago. And they seem to have got their heads together with the, with how the, the the sorting out the defensive issues. Um, that being said, here we are. We're you know we're a few we're, we're, we're about a week away from the game, so it could be you know John Stones rolls it to Danny Ings or whatever again for uh, <laughs> for, for whatever I don't know. Um,
2: that that's you know playing five at the back and trying to keep the shape is something that we cannot do. I mean, it doesn't matter who we're playing against. We, we do play with, a you know, three centre-backs and, and, and the two wing-backs. Whether we go flat-back or whatever, our our centre-backs are just not mobile enough, not quick enough. Yeah. And they cannot deal with teams that pass it around like that. I mean, Kev, I mean, you saw how many times Leicester just chipped that ball into the box and Saints were nowhere. So yeah. the shape on our back line is absolutely terrible at the moment.
3: No discipline whatsoever. So Ralph and
2: has got a um, big, big job on his hands that, you know, Confidence, more than anything. I mean, I don't even know where they go this week. What are they going to
1: do? The, the thing is, I mean, I, I, I don't really... I, I speak from experience of City in the 90s, um, but I, I, once you get into that spiral of of confidence being zapped, and the fans and the fans are so key in this as well,
0: mm. um, because
1: I, I remember going to Main Road in about 97, 98, and you know we were we were in the second tier at the time we were slowly sliding towards relegation again and it was a, it was a home defeat to berry um in 97 where the atmosphere from the start was it was just poisonous to begin with and it was about midway through the second half. A fan ran ran onto the pitch from the Kipax, uh, stood in the centre circle, and ripped his season ticket up. It was
0: it,
1: it, watching; it was that bad. And uh, the, the the kind of folklore story is that uh, a replacement season ticket was sent to him the following week with the note: "If we have to watch this, then so do you." Um, I, 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 I would like to believe that it's true. Uh, I don't think it's true. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, it, it's just making sure that that the fans don't lose it. If, as, as soon as the fans have gone, then the seasons are right off, and it needs to be kind of it, everything needs to be scrapped and started again. Yeah. Um, I believe you guys had, had all sorts of problems in the summer with uh, with transfers and, and and getting players in and actually you know getting personnel in that 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 will help you. Well, I think the um, problem we had was getting players out because we had a player out, player in process. I see.
2: Um, and yeah, we, we, you know the the, the Bad decisions that the, the previous board had made, bringing in players that we can now not ship out. So we've got several players out on
1: loan that nobody wants to buy. Oh, that's a. Uh, you know what? I'm, I don't want to frighten you, but that was that was the story that started City to the third tier uh, in 1999. Mm. They got that they were dropped. They dropped into the third tier. I interviewed uh, the former manager Joe Royal a few years ago about uh, the playoff final in 99, and. Um, one of the things he said when I got to Main Road, there were there were fifty four professionals on the books, and yeah. uh, the first transfer deadline day, I spent in the boardroom just letting players go out on loan, out on free transfers, just to get the wage bill down. Um, and it was it was that was the problem. City sacked manager after manager after manager. They brought in their own players with each, and then couldn't get rid of them. And it just it, I, so I I kind of sympathise in that term. I also think that the idea of having a one out one in policy is probably a good idea at this stage because then you're not you're not just not bleeding money on on wages. Um, mm-hmm. If you it, it might mean if you end up going down this season that you're in a healthier position to to get back up. Um, I don't know I I don't know how long term the plan is. Um, I presume I presume staying in the league is probably pl- point number one on the plan. Though, to be yes. There. Um. Yeah, I was like, thanks for that. That's just made us
2: feel a whole lot better. <laughs> <laughs> he gives me one hand and takes with the other.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, OK, predictions for the league game. <laughs> I I kind of say, again, it, it depends entirely on, on how Southampton turn up. If you if you guys have learnt lessons from the Tuesday night, and I suppose you can kind of see on the Tuesday night like, how City are going to do, because City will play the same way in both games, um, then...
0: You, you, you know, it
1: could, it could either make the game on Saturday. A lot easier for City because they've learned about Southampton's deficiencies. Oh, don't or <laughs> it could it, it could make the, it, could, it could flip it around the other way and, and make Southampton better defensively against how City want to play. Um, so I've not decided. I I, I think it will be. I, I think City at this stage they can't. They'll they'll be in that mode of just cannot afford to lose games. They never win at Anfield. That that game is That's on the horizon. Game coming up, isn't it? Like yeah, um, a week after the tenth. I yeah, think it is, yeah. I think I, I, I do think that what you guys might have as a hope is that I think um, Fernandinho back on his suspension uh, story. Um, if he's, if it is, the, like you say, if it's the Carabao Cup game that he's suspended for, which you say it is, then um, that means that he'll be available in the Premier League game. Uh, but he's had four yellow cards, and there's absolutely no way that City get any sort of result at Anfield without him in the team. Uh, so if that means that if that might mean that he's not in the team for the uh, for the game against Southampton, and then you know, God knows who's going <laughs> to stick Edison at centre half as well because there's, <laughs> there's just don't who else who's going to play there. Um, I, don't, I don't think you'll notice a difference to be honest. We still won't be able to get through. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but that, that 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 that's the problem that City have got. So I think I I I would guess um I, I would guess maybe a three uh, one Premier League win for for City and the, and this one. I, I think they're at the stage now where. Uh, they just have to win games, and um, they'll they'll just get the job done. However they do, it might not be pretty, but they'll get the job done at this at this moment in time. Pretty could be done later. Kevin,
3: I see when you said 4-3-3, three, three, I thought that was your score prediction. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to have to um, agree with David here, and um, also give a three one prediction for this match. I think if I you have the same prediction for both matches, you know, I mean it's stop clocks, right? Twice a day, isn't it? Yeah. So
2: Okay. I'm I'm gonna say four 0 Oh, okay. Yeah, um, I just I, I as I say I'm not worried about the league cup game, but this one I just don't think we're gonna be in the right you know, the right frame. City have got to be ruthless. And I think they will be.
3: I think it might depend on the outcome of Liverpool's game today against Spurs. Mm-hmm. Um, if first mm. do manage to pull off a win against Liverpool right. then, then yeah that gap's going to be closed and oh, you be know that City are going to be just going for it you know
2: smell blood, blood. yeah, yeah. Um, David we ask this question to every away fan but asking this to a City fan really isn't fair <laughs> Um, if you had to take one Saints <laughs> player to fit in your current city setup, maybe you, they could make a cup of tea. Well,
0: that's
2: what I'm just yeah, just what I said, Like uh, I, I can't imagine, you know, any of our players offering you anything. But maybe you could take someone to uh, assist in making the tea or cutting up the halftime oranges or something.
1: Well, I was gonna say if we if, if we did our usual trip and bought them for a lot of money, then it might help you guys out as well with the uh, the transfer <laughs> uh, issues if you if you yeah. got yeah, a few decent players in. Um, the uh, I, I'm I'm really not sure where to go with this question because um, you really, <laughs> I Well, well, no, it's, it's not that. It's like you, you said before uh, that James ward browns doesn't get into the team that often. He keeps saying he's won for the next centre kind of next season. Whenever I see him play, I really, really like him and I really rate him. So I don't really understand why he's not kind of more of a fixture in the Southampton team. Sort well, of thing. he has been um, played every
2: game this season. He's just oh, it's just been under par.
1: Yeah, i i i don't know if it's I don't know if it's the way that they're playing or the or the kind of confidence in the squad. But from from certainly in years gone by, I've I've always watched him and thought he's a, he's a very very handy little player. Um, I'd have had him in England set long long ago. And um, the the other one is I I I, I don't know how uh, was it was it Bertrand that was sent off on Friday night? Yes, yeah. Uh, because before Friday night, I'd have probably said Bertrand. <laughs> yeah. um, but I, I, I don't know. I mean, Mendy's getting back to fitness now, and uh, and you know we're taking it one game at a time with him. We've lost Inchenko for a, a few weeks through. Uh, he's had a knee operation, and Angelino uh, as City's left back. Like I've never really been that kind of uh, infused with him. I, uh, it was a bit of an odd decision to bring him back. Um, I thought Bertrand might have fit the bill. Uh, I don't know if that was Bertrand from a couple of years ago though, rather than the Bertrand that exists now.
2: Yeah, probably from a couple of years ago, I would say, yeah. Um, if if that um, question was reversed, Kev, I mean, come on, there's, there's so many. Literally, you could take any player, and it would be an instant upgrade for us. I mean, you could take Aguero for his goals, um, Sterling for his goals, his pay. David Silver's just incredible. But I would take Kevin De Bruyne every day. What a player he is. And can you imagine, Kev, if we had a De Bruyne in our team, he would just carry them on his back and I think we'd be a mid-table team easily with just him.
3: Quite possibly. I mean, he's the the best player in the Premier League in, in my opinion. He's uh, just an amazing part of the ball. Um, yeah, and a joy to watch.
2: What he would do to our team though.
3: And his name's Kevin as well.
2: And his name's Kevin, yeah, it's oh. unfortunate. But yeah. Can
1: I can I throw a curveball in there? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, yeah, uh, but I, I, I honestly think uh, the most important player at City at the moment is injured, and I think it's Laporte. And I think wow. the uh, uh, we, we always say about about Tee, and I think there's a bit fallacy in the Premier League where we always talk about the teams that go do, that, that that get relegated, they haven't scored enough goals. Um, and I always think the truth is they've they've let too many goals in rather yeah, than hmm. the other way around. Uh, I remember watching City under Stuart Pearce in 2006 uh, 7. We had the record for the fewest home goals scored in a season. We scored 10 at home all season. We Ooh. scored 28 all season uh, in all competitions, and we finished 12th or 13th that year. Um, and it was simply through the number of 1 0 wins that we got and the number of 0 0 draws that we kept. And it was just. Like that team was nowhere near good enough to stay in the Premier League, but he managed to drill them and get them defensively organised enough so that, that there were plenty of other teams that were that, that were more willing to go down. And then you look at, at other teams that have gone down. Like you look at, at when Hull came up and were and were absolutely flying. When Blackpool came up and were absolutely flying with the goals, they were losing games five three and four mm. three and are thinking, oh well, they're having a right good go at it, but you know it's it's just not working out. And I would I, I would say if they tighten the defence up and one game, one nil and and draw them one all and that sort of thing they get a, a string of better results and I kind of half had a, I've not been through it properly but I half had a look at it and the teams that get that that stay up um, don't score that many goals but they don't let in that many goals either um, so I if you if you want if you want a player that's going that's gonna really improve the defence then I think pick um, the second best defender in the league, because I will <laughs> happily give Virgil Van Dyke the uh, the title of, uh, of best defender in the league. Ooh. <laughs> um, no, I mean every
2: every away fan that we have on, I always poached their centre backs. Kev, you're vouching. <laughs> well, I mean,
3: we yours are all injured, right? I mean, Laporte, so, right? The, mean yeah,
1: you know, the, Laporte's out. Yeah, Laporte's out until about February, March time, which by which time the title race will be over. So, uh, who knows? Hopefully, hopefully not, but. Um, yeah, and the, the, the others like Otamendi and, and Stones. I, Otamendi, I am—I I would say—steer well clear. Yeah, um, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not I'm a not fan <laughs> of his. He's has
2: got a mistake in him, hasn't he? Yeah, he's
1: got about four or five mistakes in him oh. every game. Uh, Stones, I really—I really like Stones, but he's a second centre back. He needs—he needs somebody beside him who is going to be the leader and the organizer. Uh, he is. He's great when he's when he's being organised and when he's being led, but I don't think he's the one to kind of to take the game by the scruff of the neck. Uh, he, he's for, for all the all the the talk in the press. I think he's great on the ball and I think he moves the ball well. Um, I just think he needs somebody a, a calming influence beside him, which Nicholas Otamendi is absolutely not.
2: <laughs>
1: so, I mean Ken, with all that information, that in
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, with all that information, who are you taking? I mean, if yeah, just if we one, can, just one. M-
3: if you can magic in, into health then yeah Laporte but um, it, yeah based on on the uh, current status and form I'd, I'd probably have to go with Laporte I'm just uh, too much in love with them
2: yeah yeah I see that
3: but yeah our defence is where we I think if if we can um shore up our defence somehow um we'll, we'll be fine we'll be fine like like you said like it's, it's if we can we saw it under Claude Puel as well if we can have a a tight defence.
2: Absolutely, yeah, and I mean, we've said at the start of the show that the problems, the players that we have not got issues with, Nathan Redmond, Danny Ings, you know,
1: they're all forward the, players. Exactly, yeah, yeah.
2: and the problem, the main problems we've got is is defence. Whoever we exactly. play in whatever like,
3: combination, we've got five or six players that we could we could play up front, you know, but. Uh no uh, one that I you trust at the back, yeah. Well, it's it's really strange as well in in, in our midfields Um, we're just playing a holding midfielders. Um, or trying to squeeze James Ward-Prowse in wherever we've got wherever a gap. Hits, yeah. <laughs> but we've got um much more creative players than Armstrong, Bufal on the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Gennaro to come in, obviously. But
0: yeah, yeah,
3: just if only we could just stop that and then go. So. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, sorry sorry. <laughs> it gone down a bit of a hole there haven't yeah. it? <laughs>
2: um, Right a couple of stupid questions for you um, Would you rather wear A Man United shirt every day For five years or sleep in a haunted house
1: For ten Now I, I have um, I, I have kind of counter questions on this question okay. um, Because first off Am I allowed to wash the United shirt Is, that, is, is the United shirt washed every day uh, Okay yeah let's say yes because if it is, it's faded and it's horrible and it's it, it becomes tatty and it's not real it's just a red shirt by the end of it. Um the second one is I don't really believe in ghosts. So like how scary could a haunted house actually be? And a United shirt is is I mean it need I'd need to disinfect myself for, for years after having <laughs> worn that. So uh I, I don't know. I'd probably like the ration the rational side of me says, uh wear the United shirt it's just a shirt and it'll fade. Um, but the I'd say the irrational football fan in me says that I, the haunted house wins out every time.
3: Well, again, what if it's um, haunted by the ghosts of uh, former United players and you have to hear all your chants uh, <laughs>
1: blaring out? I I That's I, I Old Trafford. Alex, I, Fe- I, Alex Ferguson's your
0: butler.
1: <laughs> I um I, I think that my experience of Ferguson um. I, I went to school in Manchester, in inner city Manchester, in the late 90s, and their best ever period coincided with our worst ever. And mm-hmm. I, I'd say, no matter what happens now, uh, having seen the same United fans that I went to school with, uh, utterly convinced back in back in the 90s, utterly convinced that the reason that they were winning every week was uh, that there was something different and special and, and so, much, so righteous about them. Uh, rather than the fact that they just had a really good manager And a lot of money um, the, the Seeing them now not able to understand Why the club is this, this is Manchester United It's different and better Why is it still losing games uh, Just watching them kind of fall from that process Is one of the greatest joys in my life <laughs> I, used, I used to think that I wanted United When I was a kid I used to think I wanted United To go out of business And actually what I've discovered in the last few years Is I just want them to be irrelevant Because that is so much better <laughs>
0: <laughs> um,
1: yeah, so a, yeah um, bring it on let's lose and be the butler I don't care uh,
3: you've got some schadenfreude but yep
1: uh, here's your <laughs> fucking
3: team I had. <laughs> yeah. champions 100 points yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. uh great um, oh, do I have to ask this question because I think it's a, a fairly obvious answer okay yep Skulls <laughs> or Gerard? putting Lawrence side. Skulls or Gerard? Uh, mm. yeah
1: it's a real tough uh, one
2: to ask a, a, a Man City fan isn't it
1: yeah, Skull's spent years uh, kicking people, and Gerard spent years actually playing some decent football, so uh, I've I got to go with the footballer. Andy slipped in 2014, that won us the league, so uh, <laughs> I'll take that all day of the week. Oh, that was predictable. That's <laughs> um,
2: would you rather be twice the height of Peter Crouch or half the height of Lionel
1: Messi? Oh, um, twice the height of Peter Crouch sounds like it would be painful. Um <laughs> I, I you, like, I, I'm already I'm, I'm six foot tall and I already bang my head a lot, so I'm not I, I've, got to, I've got to be half the height of Lionel Messi. And if I can inherit even a quarter of those football skills at that height, then you know I might be might be good for something.
3: <laughs> um, and yeah, we do love a good terrace chant on this podcast. So, um, yeah, over the past few years or so, what's been your favourite chant? trying to think back myself yeah I
1: always yeah I always go for the classics rather than than the new age sort of stuff because I don't really join in these days I used to join in when I was younger but I don't really join in these days um and City have One, and I like. There's, I'm fascinated by the backstory. Sorry to bore the pants off you. No, a no, you can no. But I, uh, I, I'm fascinated by the backstory of it. It's. Uh, I don't know what the original tune is, but it's. Uh, it, it's. We're not really here. We are not. We're not really here. We are not. We're not really here. Like the fans of Invisible Man, we're not really here. And I, I, there's the, there's kind of like a few theories about where it came from. And one of them is uh, one that I quite like, but I think I think I've discovered uh, evidence of it being chanted earlier than this game, so it wouldn't it obviously would knock this this theory out of the park. Um, but in 2002, I think it was, uh, City went away to Millwall, and they've been they've been fighting in the uh, in the home game against Millwall that season, uh, and there's been a lot of trouble. So there was so the City fans were banned from uh, going to the Den, and. There was, a, there was an absolute load of fans that snuck in. I mean, it, it was that City won 4-2 that afternoon, and every every goal that they scored, they ran to the empty away end and started applauding the empty empty seats there. <laughs> um, and when the fourth one went in there was a pocket of fans in the corner that were City fans that had snuck in that are alleged to have started singing this song there uh, we're not really here and I really like that that kind of uh, backstory <laughs> it's blown completely out of the water by the fact that I think it was sung at a game uh, the season before oh, <laughs> so oh. why, where, where it kind of comes from there is, is no but I mean I suppose it plays into the uh, uh, the kind of bravery of going to Millwall and hiding under cover until you just can't <laughs> yeah. let it until, until you can't let it in you can't keep it in anymore because you've just won the game uh, for. I don't know that is good yeah
2: um have you got anything else you want to add Kev
3: um I think that's it for me just uh thank thank you very much for coming on and lifting our spirits we definitely needed it
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah thank you um Giving up your time the, the, as well for us.
1: Yeah, the, the one thing I'd say in terms of, of lifted spirits is um, that it, it could be worse. A uh, lift, lifted, lifted you, a few spirits last time. Y- yeah, you, <laughs> just, <laughs> you could be you, you could be Manchester United fans who are still trying to work out what's going wrong. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
3: yeah. What's so, there to work so. out? It
1: just shit management.
2: Oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, thank you again for you know coming on, giving up your timer, etc. I'm not the biggest lover of Liverpool, so fingers crossed you can edge them out again,
1: you know, or at least make it a, make it a fright anyway. Yeah, I want to see a fight. Yeah, I hope, I hope so. Th- this is the other thing that's, that I found infuriating about chasing Liverpool this season, is that there's, there's so many Liverpool fans who seem to think that, that everybody is on their side this <laughs> season. Yeah, yeah, no, and, no. no. and, and I kind of think, well, you know what, I'm, I, I might be a City fan. I, can't, I get why fans would not want City to win the league. Uh, I get why people would hate City for how they've been over the last couple of years. I get why they would want anybody else to win it. Um, so I, I understand that it's it's probably only really City fans that are desperate for City to win the league. Uh, beyond that, it's it, you know it's anybody. I, I, a lot of people would probably say I don't really care. Um, uh, Liverpool seem to think that, that it's only City fans who support City And everybody else supports Liverpool And it does yeah. I, I, Again, just, it, it just, I've found that infuriating over the last 18 months
2: It's certainly not the case down here <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yeah
3: I mean, I think City's probably the only team other than Saints To have made me cry at uh, watching a football match That was a QPR match uh, Yeah,
1: they've made, they've made yeah. me cry a fair few times oh, I, did, I didn't cry that afternoon <laughs> well, that just—I've never
3: seen anything like it. That, 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 I, I, if this season is anything like that one, yeah, I, I'm, I'm well in there.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Anyway, thank you, David. It's been a real pleasure. No problem. Anytime. Excellent.
3: Yeah, thank you very much. Up the Saints.
2: Up the Saints. <laughs> Welcome back to the extra time segment. Uh, we go straight into the Super Six. There was obviously the two games, had midweek ones as well. Um, round 16 was the, well, the winner was Tom Hennigan with 14 points, and that left Stuart White still in the lead on 146. But then round 17, uh, the winner was Kevin Byrne with 12. Um, yeah, but uh, okay, overall, Stuart White's still leading the way on 148. But only two, two more points this week for Stuart White. So, yeah, 146 points in midweek, and now he's on 148. Uh, Fantasy Football, Kev, if you have to.
3: OK, so I'm really, really starting to resent your decision that we have to have three Saints players for every match because it's really limiting my options.
2: Yeah, uh, me too.
3: I had... Uh, Aguero on the bench because I did think that he was uh, going to be rotated which turned out to be right uh, Tammy Abraham as captain uh, yeah no no Leicester players so uh, didn't benefit from <laughs> the, uh, shenanigans on Friday either um, so yeah 26 points for for me for the week how about you Ray if
2: you at uh, uh, do you know, I, I, it was one of those things that I forgot to do the side, and I remembered on the Saturday morning, I thought, oh, I better go and do my side. Got caught up with a little bit at work, um, couldn't do it. And then I thought, oh, well. Um, looked at it, and I, last time I checked, I was on 20. But I do have a couple of Spurs players. Um, I've got a couple of the United players. Um, so yeah, there are points still to have. Yeah. Uh, at the moment, I think I'm on 20, which is appalling. I, I really need to... Need to get you know get back into it again, but I, like I said, I do this every year. I just lose interest with it if i'm honest. Um, but yeah, i mean I, I, I'll try to shake myself up a bit and, and go for it again next week, but um, who who won this week?
3: Uh, well, our weekly winner is uh, Bob Brown, who's a bit of a newcomer. Um, he's having a very decent October with one hundred and forty nine points so far this October and seventy for the game week so far, so um yes. Yeah. He's the Che way. Uh, watch out, everyone. He might be catching us up. Me in 30th. I'm right down now. And you're in 36th place. Mm-hmm. There's not much between us. Only 14 points. Uh, it goes without saying, the Liverpool of uh, this season is John Bailey's depot two handled by he's now on 589 FLDs. Wow. You know,
2: he's actually on the show next week, so we can get some tips from him.
3: Sure. Just copy his team, I think. Copy and paste. Um... Yeah, Lucy Heinat she's um, roaring up, uh, Tony Shitsky's Ralphie's Rabbits, and uh, Saints views, Dan Hargraves, climbing up the table. But um, yeah, I think that the, the City position, Stephen McCulloch and Ralph, we trust, quite strong up there with 565 points.
2: Do you think we should scrap our three Saints players?
3: Are you up for that?
2: <laughs> I guess you are, from the way that you responded to that. I mean, I, I, I don't mind. I mean, it was all in fun, but I do think we're not going to get anywhere.
3: We're not going to get anywhere, anywhere, are we?
2: No, but, I mean, it, I do feel like I have to keep Shea Adams in the squad somewhere because of my team name.
3: I might have to rename my team and um, take out Romeo, although he was my best scorer from the same side. Ings, one point, bid Minus two? Minus two. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't think the um, algorithm really caters for um, no. the no. scoreline that we faced
2: at the No, no that is true. Oh. Yeah, mate. I might, let's just say one then. One Saints player.
3: Mm, okay.
2: Right, I'll keep Shay Adams then because I think he's going to be getting an extended run on the team. Um, right, where am I? Uh, are you ready?
3: Um,
0: okay.
2: Okay, uh, North West again.
3: Alright. Mm. Brest and North End.
2: You son of a bitch. Really? Yes.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, I did it because I, 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 I knew Alan was from Preston, see? So I thought, oh, there you go, we haven't done Preston yet, I'll do that.
3: I think I've, that's been my guest for a couple of the other Northwest ones as well.
2: <laughs> this is why I thought it was going to throw you as well. I thought you were going to say, well, it isn't going to be Preston because he's not going to be that stupid, but apparently I was. Uh, anyway, population 142,000. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, stadium capacity, 23,000, uh, the nickname, the Lady Whites. Rivals? Do you want to have a stab at the rivals?
3: Uh, I should know this, because I, I have very good friends from Preston. Um, Blackburn?
2: Uh, well, I've got Blackpool written down in it. Blackpool, I yeah,
3: of there. course, yeah. Um, stadium?
2: <laughs> Billy Bob's Bastard Beans.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going be the Stadium. Um, d- d- detail? Yes, now. Well done. Yep. I've got a little extra segment to, to introduce this time as a surprise. Which is? Oh, do, do you want it now or are we yeah? Yeah. Okay. I'm excited. All right. Um, so, in response to your where am I, uh, I'm because Halloween's coming up, so uh, I thought I'd, and Bre- Brexit is supposed to be coming up as well, so I thought I'd introduce the Euro. Where am I? Oh
2: fuck off. <laughs> Okay. All right. Not for so, me. Yeah. So you ready? Oh God. Yeah. Go on then.
3: I've got an easy one. A fairly easy one to start off with. Um, okay. Northern Europe.
2: Um, Gothenburg.
3: No. Nope. Okay. Uh, population: eight hundred and sixty-seven thousand.
2: Oh, that's quite a big in then. Hmm. Um, Krakow. Oh, which team? I'm gonna go Visla Okay. No. Krakowia.
3: <laughs> uh. Also no. Ca- capacity 54,990
2: that's a big old city then, isn't it um, big old stadium no I'm going to have to have more than that
3: ok uh, ok sons of the gods
2: Jesus Christ that's not helping me
0: sons of the gods
2: mhm I'm guessing they're not called that in in their native tongue
3: do you want it in the native tongue
2: I don't think that's going to help either um
3: will give it a stab with that without the translation uh De oh,
2: okay, um, that doesn't sound, that sounds German, right? Or could it be...
3: What's the, are you going to guess? Um,
0: Ajax.
3: Yes, it is Ajax. It is Ajax, yeah. hey,
2: nice. Woohoo! Okay. Now I thought that was German, then I thought, no, maybe...
3: Yeah, I, what would it be? Die Goethe-Zonen or something in German, I suppose, wouldn't yeah. it? All
2: right, anyway, you got a Russian phrase for me?
3: Yeah, I, d- I have had a thought about the Russian phrase, and um, it's, it's got to be a sweary one, again, clearly. Um, mm. mm-hmm. Okay, You've, I've got two ones. Two ones? Or so two phrases that we could use. Okay, so the first one is «йорбонисты»,
2: <laughs> «йорбонисты», <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, «йорбонисты», which means
2: «йорбонисты»,
3: Yobanisted, which means uh, literally, yeah, fucking shame.
1: Okay.
3: Shame on them. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's uh, my summary of the players. And the second one is equally as sweary and it probably describes the mood uh, amongst the fans, and it's Abida yobanaya, Abida Yorbanaya. Abida yobanaya, Abida which, which means...
2: Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, so it, it means, like, a fucking insult. But and I was in like that performance was a was a fucking insult. Oh,
2: I see. Right. To, yeah.
3: to, to me as a fan, but, um, <coughs> a, a terrible <coughs> resentment and and grievance towards what I've just seen. So yeah, a the you've done there, slightly uh, slightly I uh, kind of ironic I suppose at the same time.
2: Excellent. Hey, hey, oh, well, are we going to have better
3: news to deal with next week, Ray?
2: Um, Well, I hope so. I mean, well, I I doubt it, actually, because we are playing City twice in the week, so we're going to have to report those two. But we do have Saints FC podcast host uh, John Bailey coming on to discuss.
3: That is good news.
2: um, Well, discuss uh, his amazing fantasy football and maybe his moustache as well.
3: And his amazing podcast as well.
2: And his amazing podcast, yeah. So um, there is that to look forward to. So, yeah, uh, I think that is about it
3: the only other thing I can say is that um, yeah, thank you very much for persevering through this entire podcast and uh, yeah, if you do like what you're doing um, yeah, subscribe and like everything, uh, we're on Twitter at number podcasts, you can join in the conversation there, it's obviously been quite active over the last weekend and um, yeah, give us a review on iTunes so that other people can find us or even just tell a friend about the podcast and say, you know Hey, you you're, you're, find that Saints fan in your life that listens to podcasts, or even if they don't, show them how to download the podcast and uh, yeah, give, get them to give us a listen.
2: Excellent, yeah, and those those reviews on iTunes will help us massively. So yeah, please do that, and we're always going to reply as well. So if you if you hit us on Twitter, or if you, if you, even if you send us an email, we'll um, we'll, we'll reply. We're Just always around. Hit us in
3: the street, no.
2: yeah, do that. <laughs> Right, okay, on that note
0: Up the site?
3: The only way is up the site
0: Social Podcast Network
1: It is Ryan here and I have a question for you What do you do when you win?